Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode, a special episode of their still time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pender. And I'm Zachary Eisenheimer. Yes, the gang of three are back for what is a landmark episode for us here at AFTN. On March 28th, 2013, Steve and me dropped episode one of There's Still Time. Ten years later, we're bringing out episode 555. It's our 10th year anniversary! Yay! Oh, how we've aged. (laughs) What is that like? It's obviously not silver or golden, but what is it? Like, what would it be? Oh, I meant year? to look that up, actually. Let's have a look. Ten year anniversary. Is it like wood? Well, I get wood a lot when we're doing the podcast. Silver. Yeah, it is the silver. I thought silver, was, I thought silver was 25. Yeah, so did I. No, for yeah. it's the traditional ten-year anniversary gift is silver. So if pieces, if people want to give us pieces of silver and donate some pieces of silver, we're more than happy to take them. Head along, send your donations in to either aftncanada.paypal.com or if you go on the website, you can buy us a coffee on the the coffee link that's on the website. Which we'll just plug that off the back, but yes. Or if you see, if you see Michael at VMSL games, just hand him silver right there on the field. Yes, someone did hand me some money as a subscription to one of the extra podcasts when I was doing League One BC commentary last year, and Gideon was like, "What's going on? That looks really dodgy." <laughs> but yeah, we are ten years old, five hundred and fifty-five episodes of the main show, along with seventy of the the extra podcast and just some of the other stuff that we've done as well so like even just looking at the main show that's more than one a week because if we had done one a week over the 10 years we'd be at 520 i think yeah. this basically just shows steve that we just talk way too much we talk too much like shows that extend long like like based on this show i've already had uh uh dinner and uh taken a nap because i wasn't sure what time it was going to end the podcast true so i'm and... well prepared I mean, I have about three days <laughs> worth of water too by my desk. We we will try and keep this to within the ten hours. Um, I I had thought of a, a show where we do ten hours of just opening sticker packs. 
Well, that would be so good. So good. Chris Alsher said we should bring back the, the sticker pack opening. That was one of his favourite moments of the year. And this first part of this episode, it's going to be a bit self-indulgent. So bear with us. You can fast forward to part two. Look at the timestamps if you don't want to hear us talking about memories and bringing you some fun stuff. And we're going to be doing, we're going to be opening our Christmas presents. That's going to be exciting. Our annual Christmas present tradition that never takes place at Christmas anymore. I was actually organised this year, so it's you two guys' fault. And yeah, the snow was, had a part was, to play. Snow had a big part because there was a couple of gifts where it ordered it, but they never came through. So I had to reorder it and then we never just got around to it. But, but we'll talk about our memories of, of our 10 years. How has it been for you, Steve? Well, yeah, last couple of years has been in here and there. But uh, before, we, I, I, my, I think my probably biggest memory is the early roundtables um whether oh, they were it fun. was yeah they were a lot of fun not just the three of us but there was um you know slamo john um massimo a few other people uh those were a lot of fun i think probably the best one or most memorable one was on 33rd in victoria at the german place yes um, well funny you should mention that steve because i'm bringing you the outtakes on this show tonight no, 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 no. Well, I was going to say, I've, I've never li- gone back and listened to the, you know, the stuff that was cut out because I felt like if I did listen to it, I would have to self-cancel myself. So, well, I... we have three Germans on the show tonight, so I maybe shouldn't bring you the, the outtakes from that okay. section. <laughs> so, um, and, the, and the other th- things about the po- uh, the podcast, learning about the three-ball player, um, I learned that from Slamo, uh, that term. Oh, yes. Um, and then, and then... And then prior to recording, Michael always trying to find all the ticking sounds and in, in, in the room, <laughs> trying to disconnect everything, basically. That was always entertaining. Behind the scenes kind of stuff. Yeah, I still have a clock that's ticking that's annoying me. I I haven't decided yet what I am going to call this episode. I've got two things in mind. Because I'll, I'll let the, the listeners into a, a little... We'll, we'll open the window and let you inside to the secret at AFT and Towers. Some of you might know this... But the fact that so many of you that listen to the show hate the music I play and don't probably listen to the lyrics in the songs that I play, a lot of our episode titles are actually lines from a song that's been played that week. I don't know if I don't even know if you guys are aware that that's what I no, do. I for. Yeah. So I, I've got two things in mind. One is from a song that is is coming up in part three to kick off that section, or the other one is the T-shirt that I am wearing just now which I, I will get up and show you guys. It's by Arab Strap, the Scottish band, former Arts of the Month. After 10 years, they had decided to call it a day. So the bad news for all you listeners is after 10 years, we're still going. But they had their farewell tour and they called it... I don't know if you, you can actually see it because of the chocolate digestive thing I've got behind me. 10 Years of Tears. And I thought 10 years of tears for a podcast that predominantly covers the Whitecaps would be a very apt name. Touche. Because there has been a lot of tears and not a lot of cheers over those 10 years. So I might go with that. But we'll see how we go. I mean, Zach, what's your memories from doing the podcast? You'd been on and off and then we brought you on as a regular once we made the switch to CITR back in 2017. You just wanted to get on the radio because you've got that face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I always used to love the like the roundtables. Like, uh, yeah, we should get back to doing them. Actually, yeah, like Steve was talking about, like 
and a bunch of those were recorded at like where I used to work. Yes, yeah. which, was, which was a lot of fun because I know, and I didn't human, I didn't spontaneously combust when I, I walked in either, which no, I was surprised no. by. Well, and often we they were around like when we were there, the tifo was being made and stuff, and so there'd be people around and. I, I do. I, oh, I do. The smell I do. of glue and spray paint was so high. I think that does explain glue. some of those early. Oh, maybe there was no glue. spray paint, and there was no. <laughs> maybe that was just me then. I just brought that along with me. No, but um, I do remember Steve. Uh, Steve said this, but I remember, especially at that old building, we tried to record in a number of different places, and there was like hums or there yes. are little things. You're like, we got to leave this room, and it wasn't wasn't until we finally found the one room that I had to like. I don't know, get a special alarm code for or something so that we could go into that, remember that boardroom sort of thing? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, that was nice, actually, yeah. yeah. We should break back in there and do that. Yeah, I, I wonder if I, no, I don't think, I don't have a key for that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, they were fun days. We should do, a, I, I keep saying I've wanted to do this and we really should do it, which is have a round table about the state of soccer in BC and trying to bring more BC talent through which is very apt considering that Vancouver FC doesn't have a lot of BC talent on it, despite the fact that that was what they were looking to do. And then you've got the Whitecaps for years, haven't had a lot of BC talent on it. That's changing a bit now with Whitecaps too, uh, and just various things with that. But I mean, do you remember our first episode, Steve? Not really. I, I would have to go back and listen to it. I don't even know what the, what the we, I'm assuming we reviewed a game. We we did, and one of our guests on it was Wes Knight. Oh, because okay. I, I I went back to see who was on it. I thought, oh, wouldn't it be good if we got them back for the tenth anniversary? But I thought, how much more can you add? Ask Wes Knight about his fucking long throw, and I thought probably not that much really. So we, we've gone with different in, interviews for this episode. But that first episode again will give you a little bit of an insight into how we worked in the early days. Because when we started this. I didn't have a clue what we were doing podcast-wise and editing and stuff. Those were truly sunny days for West Knight back then. <laughs> they most certainly were. <laughs> Zach obviously missed that joke. About the sunny days? Sunny days for West Knight. Ah, uh, sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's, actually, that's, actually, that's actually a reference also to the Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret, Bret Hart uh, feud that happened back in the day. I don't know if you remember Shawn Michaels saying Bret Hart has had sunny days. Oh, because of the wrestler, Sonny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that first episode, because I'd announced that we were going to do it, and then Steve and me, we weren't really sure how to record. This was pre-Zoom. Like, Zoom oh, yeah. has made so many things earlier. So what I did was I recorded all my bits, then sent it to Steve, and then he just talked his bits in between, and then I spliced them all together. Yeah, and then, and then in addition to that, we would go into... Um, you know the like we obviously had the you know the, the for the round tables but there were many times when we didn't have anywhere to record so mm. we had multiple locations well remember uh, we did it uh, we did it in i think it was my car we did the, a, an episode your car, car. yeah i think remember. my car was an episode yeah folk we were going by forest. wondering why two guys were sitting in the dark passing something back and forward which was yeah. a, a dictaphone and it's like it's, he's just using my dictaphone and the yeah, old woman the, was like tell me use his fingers and then we had the forest recording with the, the UBC. Remember yes. the forest? That was an interesting one. So I, I did one on a, a beach down in Pacific Grove in California once, just walking along the yeah. beach. That was that was fun. I remember joining you for an outside one once. Well, we did it in the car park about UBC. 
yeah, when yeah. security kept going by because again it was dark, yeah. <laughs> and there's four, four, five dudes just standing in the passing, dark. Passing. And one guy's holding something to each person's mouth. Yeah, really, it was kind of a little dodgy. Obviously, moving to CITR was a big, big step. Yes, uh, and uh, for me, like kind of my dream as a kid, being able to run the board even though it wasn't that great because <laughs> I kind of self-taught myself how to run it. Um, being able to run that, that was uh, like a dream come true, even though uh, obviously I think, how long were we there? How many years? Well, we, we years? were 2017. So we we're there until yeah. COVID hit basically. So yeah, 2020. Yeah. It was three full years that we had in the studio and we can still go back to the studio, but because yeah. like Zach's way out in the interior now and Steve's halfway to the I interior. <laughs> I, I need to wake up. That's the biggest thing. Like, well, I, that's the was, thing as well. It's like you've got to get up at like five in the morning, and our, our show and was, was eleven till five. Yeah, I basically <laughs> get home at two, go to sleep, wake up at five thirty, and basically have to ready to go. And, and sometimes I'd have to wake even early. Sometimes there's a couple times I didn't even go to sleep and just went straight to work, like at five o'clock. Like I had to be there at five. Uh, luckily now it's I have a, a more adjustable schedule. Um, I think the interviewing the the part of the podcast that wasn't the really the podcast well, was because we did the interviews, but interviewing the opposing coaches. Like I usually yeah, had, yeah. I was usually unless it was somebody big like some Scottish guy in the opposing <laughs> locker room, I had to interview the opposing coaches. I think my favorite thing uh, interviewing was I. You guys know a little bit about this, but I do it mostly with my other friends. I like making one remark like a remark where only one person hears it and the other, all the other people don't. So I make one person laugh and then everybody else is going, what's, what's so funny. I made a remark once in the Whitecaps locker room where I said, it smells like balls in here. And, and then Corey Basso just started like just cracking up and nobody else heard it in the scrum. Like everybody else was going, what's wrong with Corey or something like that. So that was uh, probably one of my best like memories of locker room interviews. Do you know whose balls it smell off? Did we ever get to the bottom of that? I, I did not get to the bottom of that. I, I've got my I've got my suspicions, but <laughs> we'll we'll move on. I mean the the interviews. I I've enjoyed. I know it became a kind of trope of the yeah. show. It's like that's my favourite interview. But there has been some fantastic ones. My favourite non football one that I did, although it was about football, but it was with an actor. It was with Ray Winston, who was one of my all time favourite actors. That was a good one. That it's was like. Yeah. That was a celebrity, like celebrity match. Yeah, right? it's matches, like, yeah. I as a as a kid, I grew up watching him in Scum and Quadrophenia. Like him, his performance in Scum is still absolutely fantastic. Fits the skinhead theme we've got going through the show as well. But it's he's such a good actor, and to to be able to just chat to him and we talked a little bit about films, but we also talked about West Ham and stuff. That was a, a highlight for me. And, I mean, we're very fortunate doing what we do and getting the access that we do. And I think we have a lot of people that listen to this show from outside of North America. I don't know that they will fully appreciate that the access that we get here in North America is so different to Europe. Oh, the fact sure. that we can go and stand beside Zlatan and just go and, and interview him and just ask him questions and... All the other big name guys that, that's come over, like Lampard and Rooney, although I didn't go to either of those because I, I didn't particularly <laughs> like either of those guys. But like speaking to like Shakiri last year, just before he's going to yeah. go and play in a World Cup, like those kind of things just to have on our little podcast 
is is fantastic. And I've I've always said I know I'm I'm and you and the the show is part of the the Vancouver Whitecaps and and Canadian soccer media. I don't consider myself a media person. I consider myself a, a supporter first, and then media second. And just I feel we were in the right place at the right time to fill that gap. And because we've got the passion for soccer at all levels in this country, all the way down to grassroots, all the way down to youth, I think that is why we've survived 10 years. Because a lot of other podcasts, not just in Vancouver, but across Canada, they've come and gone. And I'm proud that we are the longest-running Canadian soccer podcast. We're one of the longest-running football podcasts in in North America. I, I know there's definitely one that's been going longer, which is World Soccer Talk, I'm not sure about some of the other local ones, but I know in Canada we the longest running podcast. I'm very proud of that. The the lovely comments that we've had in from people on Twitter just saying how much they enjoy the show and for what we do and give back to the community, it makes it all worthwhile because we all give up a lot of our time to do this. And I do very appreciate the amount of time that you two guys give up in particular. But it's nice to know that folk appreciate it as well. Yeah, there've been like uh, like there's like we could go on forever like with the amount like being able like the those first Viet uh the tournaments we we covered like when I, I, I said the first Vietnam I was like I don't remember no, no, us being there. No, I was saying Viet, I was going to say VMSL but oh. those tournaments we covered like the A cup and the B cup and you and me would be in different locations and oh, I would yeah. send you a report. When we did that that I felt like we were a true like organization. I couldn't obviously keep it up. Because uh, I had uh, work stuff to do. Yeah, I've, I've had that trouble years, as well, but... but I got these little pills and they really help. <laughs> but but doing those those initial work things, that, that was fun. Um, I think one of the not great memories, but getting locked out of the parkade when we recorded late once at BC Place. And oh, the, 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 the yes. last guy train had left. That was interesting. Um, yeah, to it get your uncle memory. to come and pick us up. Yeah. And... My uncle wasn't happy about that. Well, he didn't say anything bad, but he was. I'm sure he wasn't happy about having to wake up and they dropped me off at like six in the morning so I had to pick up the car. Yeah, um, so I could go home. Um, I mean, it, it, like I think... most most of the chats that I do, I said to you, it will only be ten minutes, and then we're three yeah. hours later, and we're yeah. <laughs> you were locked out of a garage. Um, I think my one of my favorite like like off not on recording, but at listening to a recording was listening to, like, my kids are not into football at all. So they'll never hear one of our podcasts. They would have no interest at all. Probably but just was, as well. Yeah, but the part they loved once, and I, they just kept cracking up, and they actually wanted to replay it, is you getting frustrated over those Whitecaps sticker packs uh, from Shoppers Drug Mart or London Drugs or whatever they were from. Every time I think of those, I still get angry and you're gonna you're gonna trigger me again here. Your face right they now. were the worst <laughs> fucking set of stickers i have ever seen in my life <laughs> i gotta play this for them again uh but that was that was the, like, they were the so thin track. you could see through them what was the point they were they were i can't even get through this they were so they they they, they, they laughed so much i think they listened to it two to three times not just that one part, because they, they loved how frustrated you got with that. And I go, I was telling them, you had to see, and I, I think I watched, they, there was a YouTube video yeah. of you opening them too, and then they watched that as well afterwards. I still have that album. I don't know yeah. why. I, ha- I, I, didn't, I didn't complete it. That might not surprise anyone. But yeah, that, that, that was good. We've always enjoyed doing our fun segments as well. And you'll all be delighted to know that we've brought all the old classics back for this show. 
because I've got a folder of all the stupid, fun food questions that we've asked players from over the years. And I haven't used all the stuff that we've recorded. So much so that there's players that left like three or four years ago that I've got them talking about their favourite jam. That It's a little bit, not much point in bringing you that now. But... What's your favourite jam? I don't know if we ever got to the bottom of mine. It was strawberry and rhubarb or rhubarb and ginger. But talking of our fun segments, I think our most popular one, and I am responsible for increased sales of McVitie's chocolate digestives and possibly type 2 diabetes all in one fell swoop, (laughs) is anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? So why don't we bring you one of those just now as we find out, does Tristan Blackman fancy a chocolate digestive? We do this with all the guys, and we always say you're not a white cap until you've done this question on our show. So, if you're sitting at home and you decide to have a hot beverage, what would be your uh-huh. hot beverage of choice? A tea, a coffee, something else? Uh, coffee for sure. I'll probably do like a latte. Probably a vanilla latte, I'd say. And do you have a sweet tooth? Do you like to have a kind of sweet treat with your coffee? And if so, what would it be? Not a sweet tooth with the coffee usually, but I'll probably have like a croissant or something. Nothing crazy. Just simple. Yeah. Oh, and I guess, well, we usually say, depending on what you pick, would you dunk? But I guess you wouldn't really dunk a croissant. That would be... Yeah, not not a vanilla latte, no. No. Okay, cool. Maybe maybe I'll try it out. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? No, Tristan Blackman does not fancy a chocolate digestive, but he does like a croissant with his hot beverage. Um, I'm not sure croissants and footballers with the amount of butter in it is a very good mix, but hey, each to your own. I, I do quite like a cruffin. Croissant muffins, they they can be quite good. But yeah, that is the... I've never, f- I've never had that before. Oh, they're, they're good. They're like quite trendy. Despite me playing songs about how much I hate hipsters... I do go to a lot of hipster cafes and have, like, cruffins and kombucha. But, yeah, that was one of our fun segments. Anyone fancy a, a chocolate digestive? And that is also a milestone episode in itself on this milestone episode because that was our 50th Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive segment. I went back and counted them all and have a list so I knew what ones I've done and what ones I have not done. Excellent. But we have a lot more of those to come and we've got some more fun segments on the show. And of course, another one of our non-football interviews we did was with David Barnett, the man behind New Royal Family, the band that does the Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive song. So much so that, that this captured people's imaginations that his local paper from Brecon in Scotland did a feature on how local musician makes good by having his song played on a hit Canadian soccer podcast. Obviously, the show's the lack of research in today's newspaper. Yeah, it's a slow, slow news day, possibly in the the breaking daily news or whatever it was. But 
Let's get into another one of our things that we do regularly on the show, just to round off this part, before we do actually get into some football chat. To let folk know, we are going to talk about football. We're going to talk about Whitecaps, their latest match. We're going to talk Major League Soccer. We're going to talk Canadian Premier League. We're going to talk Canada. We're going to talk to Axel Schuster, the sporting director and CEO of the Whitecaps, in our special feature interview. We are also going to bring you a chat I had with Gloria Amanda as well, back in the Whitecaps fold. But let's get back to what I know everyone is really wanting. It's time for us to open our Christmas presents, which I don't know how this will work. We'll see how long this lasts. I might edit this down for the actual podcast audio recording, but I think I might put this up on the on the, the YouTube channel. So Zach will actually have to stop shoving four sausages down his throat. Not all at once, I will stress. He did seem to eat them individually, but it was a very weird graphic. Not as weird as the graphic that we were just looking at just now of his crotch and what I hope was the tip of his beard. And Zach is muted, so he can't hear his laughter. Oh, my God. Oh, another little insight I'll give you. I have some clips of Zach laughing that when I do a joke that he laughs at, but he's (laughs) muted and it doesn't make it into the podcast, <laughs> I then overlay his laugh into it, which I don't know if Zach's noticed I've done that in a couple of recent episodes. Yeah, yeah, you've told me, and I, I did notice at least once in the last yeah. year. I have Zach Mild and Zach Manic. I need to get a medium laugh. His Manic one is like a bit over the top. Yeah. Right. At CITR, he could not mute himself. He had to, he had to laugh. At yes, all. that was the good thing. Uh, and of course, we are still on CITR. We've just moved well, to Wednesday nights now. weren't you, weren't you the one responsible for muting me, Steve? Not no. not on purpose. That was just his, his bad control of the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we are, we every year we we do a special Christmas show and we give each other Christmas gifts. So we hadn't done it for Christmas. So I said, why don't we hold it until our tenth anniversary show? So that's exactly what we're doing. And I know everyone listening to this doesn't care. As I say, check the timestamps. Fast forward. We're going to talk about the Whitecaps draw in Minnesota next. But I might put this up on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see my beautiful background. I do live the dream. I am all about the digestives. So, Zach, we, we, we set each other a $20 limit for the what? presents that every year Zach seems it's to forget. Always been, it's, it's always been, been $20, Zach. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Oh. Sometimes you, Steve and me go to thirty. Yeah, thirty at the most. Zach has given us a bag full of what looks like eight presents. This is like that scene from um, Four Christmases, where uh, uh, what's his name, Vince Vaughn, doesn't realize that there is a ten dollars spending cap, and he gives an <laughs> Xbox to his nephew. Oh. <laughs> and then his dad. Have you could have given us an Xbox. No. I'm... Oh damn. I've just bought my PS5, but I'll take the Xbox as well. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what that what they're worth. The stuff that I gave you, I just want to preface with everything in those bags. You might not want any of any of it. Awesome. So it's like the presents I give you two guys every but, year. But at least, at least, it comes in a bag that you can re- <laughs> reuse. Yeah, wouldn't be the first time I've come in a bag. So why don't we? Oh, who's you want? You can open mine first if you want. Okay. Are we supposed to open these at the same time? Oh, well, yeah. The first one, you guys, doesn't matter because the first one, are I have labeled them one, two, and three. So the number one, you guys oh. can open separate, uh, separately. Oh. It doesn't make a difference. Okay. But the other two would be nice if you open at the same time because they're kind of identical. 
I tried to do like a very World Cup themed. Um, ah, um, I've uh, got a theme with mine as well. Oh, Although the first one wouldn't be World Cup themed for Michael. Look at this. This is very nice. Oh, yes. Alfonso Davies. Bayern Munich. I don't know what this is. What is it? It's like a, it's like a miniature. It's almost a like miniature a... bobblehead. I think it's a bobblehead. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I have got a journal that has a skull, there. a football, a and a Scottish flag on it. Which to me is like a dream. I really like this. Like I, I, I like the cover. I didn't know what was inside it. Whether it was just a notepad. I think it's a calendar. Uh, yeah, but it, I like, it, I like not, the cover. It's a, it's a notebook. I can put all my deepest, darkest thoughts inside here. When we get to our thousandth episode anniversary, I'll read all my insights that I've written in here. No, you won't. <laughs> so the the next gift, uh, it, there has three kind of yeah, it has three mini gifts in it. Oh wow! And they're identical. Oh okay. So tell me when you're going, Michael. Okay. I'm well, you can to, open I'm the first open part. I'm, I'm gonna. You can open the first part. There's a box, and there, the things are inside the box. Right. Okay. So I've ripped it off. So the first one is like a calendar, oh, or okay. a, a, like a setup for the World Cup 2022 tournament. Oh, it's like a hang-up poster kind oh, of. Oh yeah. Topical. Okay, cool. Yeah. That'll be good for when we rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. Oh no, I like that. Yeah. And a ball and then, keychain. Now this, now just, just the thing about oh, this ball. The ghost of the 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 yeah. migrant workers mascot. <laughs> I don't think oh. these ones are official ones, and that's why I had no problem buying it. Oh no, oh, I like these. Oh yeah, because because you had no problem buying it. What was let's see, made in a sweatshop in. <laughs> No, but and then and then the soccer ball keychain that's yeah. there. It was labeled as 2022 World Cup, but if <laughs> you look at it, yeah, there's no there's something Scotland's on there. And oh. when I saw Scotland, I was like, yeah, this is definitely not World Cup. Yeah, but the one they Kazakhstan Germany. is on it in tribute of their fantastic win at the weekend. So this is very timely. <laughs> Germany flag has white instead of yellow. I th I think it's all like I think it's European countries in there. Oh, oh I. I like the the Scottish flag on it. Obviously, it's the closest we got to twenty twenty. Michael, his name is his name is Laib, and if you have not been to the Laib hype show, you don't know Laib. I also got this because Zach uh, has a story about how he wasn't able to get like uh, um, souvenirs from the World Cup. So oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not telling that story off, today. Off the off the record, uh, the story about that. <laughs> and then you guys can open the third one. And that one is something you can use for the next World Cup if you want to. Michael, are we opening? I love this. It uh, apparently lights up. It, it says does. something yeah. about lights. Just, just bang it on the bang it on the thing. You'll see the lights coming. You, you uh, can tell that I am very easily amused by. I'm like a kitten. <laughs> Flashing <laughs> lights and a ball and a string, and I'm, that's me gone. I've, okay. I've so used the oh, oh, this is hilarious because. Michael, did you get us this? I have got you both this, but I didn't give it to you. Is this a trophy? Oh, is it a glass? It's not a trophy. It's no, a glass. No, it's a glass. Oh, sweet. It's a drink out of. I've bought oh, two yeah. of those for you two. Did you get one for yourself, Steve? Yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> I can oh, find wow. it to give away to folk else, so that's fine. Oh, awesome. I, I didn't get myself one. It's oh. a World Cup cup. Oh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. I think this could be from Honduras, this one. 
the color of it makes me think that Michael, I'm not Michael, sure it's not meant for a test sample, okay? Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, these are awesome. Yeah, this, thank you so much, Steve. Okay, you awesome. can thank you so much, Steve. You can open mine now, and there is a theme. Oh, sweet! That's better. Studio bottle. There's a bottle open. Okay, that's awesome. Which then goes with whatever you decide to open to put into the glass. Oh, that's awesome. Which that's, was initially why it also bought you the glasses, but then I was like, oh, I've got other stuff now. So. This is sweet, Michael. I need a good bottle opener. That's so cool. Check it out, buddy. Excellent. It, it, also, I got one of them for myself, and they are very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> They're a nice little ornament as well. So the second one, it's continuing a theme, but you've got different presents. This is a, like a miniature. I got Subutu no. Yeah, so Steve's got Subutu socks and his background's having the same problem. I got oh, myself a pair of those as well. It's Subutio card game? Yes. Sweet. Oh. Now, fun thing about the card game is there's an app that goes with it, but you don't have to play it with the app, which because is just the... as well because it's been discontinued now. Yeah, that's what you told me. I do have it on my phone, but I've got an Android, so I don't know. You guys have Apple, so... But I think you guys will enjoy playing that. But yes, I don't. I didn't think cool. Steve would be playing a card game with his kids, and the fact that they don't like soccer no, we, makes me we, think. No, we we do play card games together, but yeah, it probably better off because they would probably not enjoy. It. They this wouldn't understand a, the soccer. This aspect. is a hefty bottle opener. It is a very hefty bottle opener. I'm looking forward to using. I them. came back with three of those in my hand luggage, which was basically my ten kilograms. It felt. Oh shit. That is nice, man. Thank you. The box, yeah, the boxes. If you like, but when you take it out, you feel the heaviness of it. Yeah. Oh. Now, do we have to open yours in any you. order? Yes, there's absolutely an order. Okay, so if you open go in the bag, so first off, you all have. Yeah, nice... it says open this first. Yeah, you have open. You have bags. That nice World FIFA World Cup uh, visa oh, yeah. bag. Yeah, which I think I, I joked to Zach that this could be, or I said, oh, that's the best present, and it's like it could very well be. Hey, that might be the only thing you like that's in the bag. Uh, yeah, open this first. This is a gift. Uh, Michael said he wants everything possible that was free at the World Cup. <laughs> so this was free from the World Cup. <laughs> so this is well within the range. Oh, it's a Concacaf bum bag. Yes. So these Ooh. were given out at the. These are given out at the uh, Concacaf. Are these like? Uh, are these fanny packs? Like yeah. what we call them? Okay. Just before we said how bad we felt that you'd given us so many presents, were they all free? No, no, no. no. Okay. Not all, not all. Oh, I like this. I might I might wear this. Yeah, to... yeah. I'll, I'll probably use this too. It's nice leather. Yeah. Now, I will warn you from experience, if you leave it out in the sun, especially the desert sun, the color may fade a little bit. I, I don't think you have to worry about me going to deserts. <laughs> And no, also, I, I have a funny feeling if it's CONCACAF, Steve's, ooh, it's leather, it's not going to be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what they, they pass all the money to each other to get all the the dodgy deals done over I think the so, years? yeah, right. I think so. They're Jack Warner approved. I okay. like that, that's cool. Ready for the second one? Well, okay, so I'm happy with everything so far, so that's good. So you have two, Steve you, have, you have two, two carrying items. Oh, so this is from Kirk. Oh, yeah. he's always been my. Okay, so be friend. careful when you open this because this will maybe go everywhere. Oh, there's two items in here. Uh there's multiple things. In 
Michael, this is all the free stuff. Oh, this is so awesome. Th yeah, so there's, there's a 50-50 scarf thing from the Morocco game. Yeah. I got Actually, that, was, I got that wasn't free. That wasn't free, that scarf. <laughs> Ooh, what is this? Flag. Okay, so Michael, you said everything free. Yes. That's, that's from the airplane on the way over. I, I, think it has, I think it has a toothbrush in it. <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah, there's uh, a few flags. There's a couple of flags. I know you love flags. Your pocket or, fan guy idea, I got that. That's a good, that's a good flag you'll like and keep, uh, Michael. Excuse me, I can't see. Could you put the flag down, please? Is there, is there a big? Did I put? Oh, did no. I put the bigger flag in there? Um, I don't know. I, I might not have put it in there because I knew you guys would hate it. Oh no! Yeah, it's in there. There, Steve's got it. No pocket Look fan it. guide. Steve's holding up the the Germany flag, which is oh, it's God, it's is... not the Germany flag that you used to hit a, a fan with, is it? <laughs> That's it's valuable. From, it's from that lot, Michael. He's already auctioned it off. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it's the one of the Germany flags from the stadium. Oh man, this goes with all those other German ones that that you got me in the past from the dark web. <laughs> oh, Michael. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, it's oh, a yeah. Moroccan scarf. It's the, it, I know you said you hated the fifty-fifty scarves, but oh, it's, it's a Canada, 50 /50. It's the game. It's the match scarf. Oh no, I. Really oh yeah, like but that's this. worth it. If oh it's no, a, this is yeah. fantastic. It's, it's kind of dumb because it's red and red, but yeah. There's also so then there's yeah all the like the fence the, the the guide Michael that's that was like the only real guide that was there. No, genuinely, I I love yeah. this. This is fantastic then, from the collection. In there... Cool, and there's still two more. Oh no, there's still four more. Yeah. Was... What hour of the podcast have we gone into so far? I've always thought about getting this, and this is great. Ooh. So he, it's basically again. Oh. Who ate all the squid? Oh no, yeah. Who ate all yeah. the squid? Who ate uh, all the squid by Devin Rocliffe? Yeah, so we need to read it and then review it and have him on and talk to him about it. You know, see when he released it, I said I was going to, and he sent me a PDF copy. Oh, okay. And I haven't read it because I don't and, like reading stuff on the computer. I like a book. And and with my like more and back then, I, it's more recent. Obviously, I think it was 2020 when I started really getting into Korean culture, um, uh, like with K-pop, uh, Korean dramas and stuff like that, and, and game shows. This will be very great to read. Yeah, I think we need to read it and then and talk to him. Yeah, like, yeah, for it. sure, hundred percent. We, we're actually we're going to get Farhan on this show to talk about his Fonzie book as well soon. Oh, so, right. so that'll be good. Uh, talking of Korean culture, one of my favorite movies that I saw at the Edinburgh Film Festival. It's called Tell Me Something, and it's a a Korean kind of thriller. Highly recommend it if people can find that to to watch. 99 it looks like yeah it's it's a really good thriller mystery and because i'm a big fan of the band placebo somewhat bizarrely and this isn't spoiling anything the closing scenes just features placebo music and the placebo album cover from the killer it just made no sense at all but anyway cool i like all these so far okay the fourth big fourth one Okay, so this one is just, again, you might not, this one you really might not find any use for. WWE Mix Max Challenge. Oh, Hero Clicks. So this is a, this is a game that uh, my son and I play a bunch. We've actually, we started playing with uh, oh, you might AFTN Man uh, Will Silver. 
it's basically like a tabletop game where you just you battle in a in a space. And this one, because they they have like Marvel, they have DC, they have yeah. Uh, I've, have, I've seen the Marvel ones, the DC ones, it's yeah. like Toy Traders. It also says I like to play at your local game store. So if I just walk into the local game store, they should probably call ahead and see if they will. Oh, okay. I really well, like three of these four, three of these four wrestlers a lot. I'll let you guess okay. which one. I, not a big so, so then yeah, I, I really like three of them a lot as well, and I'm thinking we we both don't like Charlotte. We're probably Flair. on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> Charlotte. Okay, well then we'll see who open. You can open. How do you know it was Charlotte Flair? <laughs> Charlotte Flair. I know her dad. No, oh, but how do you know? Yeah. So we're opening the two smaller ones. Yeah, you can open those. I'm gonna guess it's another two figures oh, to go with our game. Tri- oh, I like the first one. Now, I, if it was a tag team match, I'd, I'd sub Charlotte Flair for her. Oh, see, I've got a he. Oh, so I got two classic. I got... I don't know if we got the same ones. Oh, maybe. I've got a girl. I've got yeah, Ronda Rousey. These ones, these ones you guys I, have different. Oh, I've I got, got... I got I got The Rock, and I got Trish Stratus. Oh, see, growing up, I loved Trish Stratus. And she's back in it again as well. I have Ronda Rousey. And John Cena, except I don't think I can, you can't see. You can't I don't see think that. I can see no, him. I can't, can't see, see it. it. No, there's nothing in no. there. The box is empty. It's no, right. it's just not there. Is that what he does? Yes. Yeah, you can't see me. Those are fantastic gifts, Zach. Again, so even, yeah. if you, so even if you don't want to play with it, remind you for you can just remind put it for next shelf. year. Remind for next year. It's a twenty to thirty dollar uh, spending limit. Thank you so much, both of you. I really liked yeah. those. They were great. Yeah, thanks to you guys for mine too. Because we keep saying we have got plans to do a video series of like football board games that I've got. And I've got people like Asa Raymond wants to be part of it and, and come and play some games with us. And we just have to find the time and the place to do it. That's been the tricky bit. And also set up how we're going to film it. And then I've got like retro soccer games. I want us to kind of play and, and things as well. So we have got plans to do stuff like that. So we can have a little I, I... wrestling flicky thing as well. And I, I believe there is, like, we can even do a thing where we have, uh, and I've seen it, I've heard of it somewhere, there's like a Dungeons and Dragons when, with a soccer theme. Oh, really? Like, where you can play, like, you can make decisions and stuff like that. You need a dungeon master to do it. I think I've seen it somewhere. Maybe it might be another sport. I saw it a while ago. And I just saw it in passing. And I was like, well, this is very good. I have to look into it to see if I could find it. We, we should get Vanny to see if he can play Zono Markin with it. Yeah, there might be that might be one of the things. What do you want to do? How do you want to mark in, in the free and free kicks and stuff like that? Then we can show them in person that I don't think it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that was fantastic. But that is it for the first part of the tenth anniversary AFT and soccer show. You'll be glad to know after about an hour of nonsense that we are back talking about football after this. Hi, I'm Simon Betcher, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Did you ever have the bottle of turn? Lies up a pair of bottle boots. Walk down the street with a shaven head, with a hard powder and dry. A red dish braces, turning up the state place, you're not Martin's making it in face. 
Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of March with a song. You can find it on their 2010 compilation, Luxembourg's Most Hated, and also on last year's Cream of the Cropped album, that was the Skin Flicks and Skinhead, 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 Skinhead. Yes, they are our Artists of the Month. We'll have at least one more song from them on this show. And I say at least one more because, obviously, we've had a lot of nonsense that we've just been chatting about there in part one, which means we had less time for football chat in this episode. So I might bring out another episode later in the week with an interview or two lined up for that. But we are finally going to get round to talking about football now on the show and we're going to talk Whitecaps in this part, and the Whitecaps' last gasp draw in Minnesota. Ah, Whitecaps, you get a point in the road in a place you've never won, which I said last week I would take. You did it in dramatic fashion, but yet I've come away feeling angry because it wasn't all three points after dominating a match against a vastly depleted opponent in Minnesota United. What what was your feelings coming out uh, of this one, Zach? Yeah, it's hard not to agree with you. I mean, it was a... I mean, it's a mixed bag, uh, I guess. Because you... you When you looked at who was away for international duty, uh, Reynoso was injured. Yeah. So, I mean, they, uh, had, they had eight players missing. Um, yeah. Seven starters from the, the week previously. Yeah. So, you would have thought, okay... You you got to get something from this. I I think a, a point in general is respectable, but based on that, and even based on the fact that they created, the, I think the the more and the better chances in the game, they they they'll feel well. They should feel a little bit dis- at least a little bit disappointed. Um, I think it would be a much worse though had they scored first and then given up a goal. <laughs> Yes, um, at least it was reverse. Because yeah, because it would also have been much, much worse if they hadn't scored that late goal and came away oh, with a defeat. It would have been. It would have been. Yeah, then there might be some uh, some big questions getting asked. Yeah, bigger yeah, than normal. Late night ordering from Uber. Yeah, exactly. The uh, but no. I mean, I know we joke, but like seriously, uh, Vanny's future. I if they hadn't come away with something from this, was certainly up for questioning. It was it would have been on one of those shiggly pegs you're always going on yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, in some ways, it felt like a victory because it was just such a dramatic late winner. Eight minutes into the six minutes of time added on, which we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll come to it. Yeah. And like, well, me, actually, let's just come to it now. Vanny mentioned afterwards that six minutes went up, but Minnesota clearly were wasting time. And we saw this during the World Cup, and I like it that referees now are not afraid to add on time to the added on time. And apparently the fourth official told the Minnesota bench, or told the Whitecaps bench, which I would then hope he also then told the Minnesota bench, that there was going to be more time added on because of the time wasting. And I don't think Minnesota's got any complaints. If that had been us, and we'd time wasted, and we got hit by that, it's on us. Yeah, and there was some a little brouhaha after, right? Yeah. yeah Adrian it, yeah. Heath had to get pulled away. Julian Gressel and him were seemingly getting well, into it. And then Stuart Kerr, he's usually such a mild-mannered and calm man, just jumped in the middle of them and separated them. 
Well, I heard it. I heard it was. Uh, I heard it was. Well, well, I was listening to the on the radio, and oh. so what they said on the radio was um, that uh, I think the Gressel didn't like how the Minnesota, not Heath, but his staff, responded at the final whistle, and so he expressed that to them, and then Heath didn't like that he was expressing that to them. So that's what, that's the, what uh what all happened. I mean, Steve, it's a good point in a place that we find difficult to to win in. But did did it feel like a wasted opportunity for you, considering the domination of the match? Twenty three shots to eight, the Whitecaps outshot them five to two on target. They had sixty three percent of the possession. Yeah, it it felt definitely felt like a waste, but it's not totally not understandable either at the same time because we talked about it before they have a striker up top who whether he lacks confidence or just whatever the cause is just is unable to finish yes he scored some goals in CONCACAF or wherever he scored goals but Mm -hmm. for some reason he's just not consistent and he's had like the chance he had in the first minute he almost like shinned it. It wasn't even a proper shot. Yeah. Went, they, you know, yeah, it hit the top bar, but the, if he had struck it somewhat yeah. appropriately, it would have hit the net at least. Um, the goal, the, there was another shot where he totally missed wide. I think he hit that with the, like he didn't let it settle the ball or he had lots of time. It feels like he's just over panicking when he, when he, when he, when he does it. I, I personally, and there was even a shot wide where instead of going on his weaker leg, he could have cut it inside, either found somebody, because there was a lot of people that were supporting him in the box, which is not normal for the Whitecaps that you actually have support, but you could also got it to a strong foot and, and hit it a little harder. So it's it's to me, it's 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 disappointing, but it's it's understandable considering what they have. Like we talked about it. Like, yes, you can get rid of Lucas Cavallini, but make sure you bring in somebody that's as good or better than him. In finishing, and yeah. you need somebody up top, and you didn't I, I, have that. The jury's out on Cordova just now, and we it's now been confirmed he's going to be missing for six to eight weeks. So Ooh. it's like nightmare situation for, yeah. for them because if that had happened, you'd be like, oh, well, you've got a backup that's doing well, but your backup's out of form. Yeah. Brian White, Zach, and hat tip to new AFTN writer Felipe Vallejo for mm-hmm. this stat. Without a goal now, in 789 MLS minutes. On the positive, he is getting the chances and he's creating the chances. So at least that is something. But yeah, he's just not finishing them. Yeah, just shy of nine games. That's, uh, you know, or uh, what would be nine games in terms of minutes. Yeah, it's it's that's really not the form you need from him. It's even like I talked a lot about last year about here where he would regress to the mean because the year before he was, you know, uh, so outperforming himself, if you will. And um, then that's also now my worry with Cordova. Like, was last year his, his yeah. outperforming year with RSL and now he's going to regress to the mean? I mean, I mean he's come I in. Hope, he's, I hope, he's I not, hope not fit. But... And yeah. he wasn't fit and now he's injured and he's going to be out for up to two months. And he's going to come in and still have to get his fitness back up again. So yeah, we, we we could have Brian White as the main striker till the summer. Well, exactly. I mean, this whole situation is horrible unless your name is Simon, 
right? Yes. Like, which I, as you know, I've been banging on about. Yeah, give the lad minutes. Uh, and he, uh, he's definitely earned more of them. It'll be interesting to see if he gets to start the next game. Yeah, I, I, I think he's earned it, but from stuff that Vanny has said, it doesn't sound to me no. that he's going to play him. I mean, Steve, Vanny keeps saying, oh, he's not, he's not fully rounded yet. It's not the finished article. He seems to like him to come off the bench. He's played three first-team games now, 42 minutes under his belt, two in MLS, one in Champions League. He's got three goals in those 42 minutes. He's averaging a yeah. goal every 14 minutes, and I think his expected goals is just shy of seven yeah, at, for what he's playing. At this point, he seems like a more rounded you know, or finished product than Brian White. Um, well, Vanny says he's so, a poacher, and that's what you want. You want somebody yeah, he, that's a poacher, a good old fashioned poacher. But if you call it a poacher, there was even a moment where he had a give and go with White, which set up White for one plus. So he's, he's he should be. He does seem like he works with teammates as well. Like I think he'd be a good partner uh, if he wanted for a White or somebody else. Like, but that's the like, thing, because then Vanny's going to have to move away from the Christmas tree and to go yeah. to a four four two or a variation that at least gives you two up front. Well, no, no, he can't go four four two because that means the winger is going to be in there. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah, Vanny <laughs> described him as the perfect striker, striker, Michael. Sorry, say that again. Has Vanny described Simon as the perfect striker? No. No, yeah. So it's maybe he. I guess the best he can hope for is starting with him, behind him, next to him, whatever. But that seems unlikely, and, and more like a three-five-two. I mean, the other thing is we do have Diber Caicedo coming back. We're going to yeah. hear from Axel in the next part, and that's something that we talk about: the fact that Diber's back. And you've got to remember how good he was in that first season and how excited we were for him for his sophomore year. Then he got that injury and now he's just coming back in. I remember so I remember how good he was. Games. I remember how good he was. <laughs> we don't mention him anymore. He's gone to the other side. He hasn't gone to a better place. Let, let's get into the game. Actually, before we get into the game, I just... I mean, I think it goes without saying that we're all on the same page here. Every other league, pretty much, no. top flight, called off for international weekend. But MLS continues to plow on. So Minnesota, seven starters, eight players missing to international duty. The Whitecaps would have had three missing if it hadn't been for Cordova. Seattle had six players missing to international duty. We'll come that it didn't hurt them later on. But this is ridiculous because if you're wanting clubs to have quality international players, to raise the quality of the league, to raise the idea that MLS is a league of choice and a top league in the world, this is a deterrent to clubs to signing players that play for their country. Yeah. Quick question for you. I know in previous years when there was not like, I don't know, a middle of the season month long tournament um, that they would give clubs the options to say, do you yeah. want to play? I don't Would know you? that that's, I don't know that the option is there would, now. The only club think, that got a buy this week was Montreal. And that was just because of the way the schedule worked out because there's 15 bit, yeah. teams in the East. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And the Apple deal has changed the structure in terms of the games every weekend. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is not good. And hopefully... No, it's all... Sorry, it's all it's all because of the tournament in the middle of the thing. You, if you want to shut down the league but not reduce the number of games, 
you're going to have to play. You can't take international breaks off. Yeah. This so is, the more, you the more stuff you the add on. Earlier because of weather, and you can't start it later no. because of weather, or finish it later because of weather. Well, you yeah. also can't start it earlier because you're the, I think, MS, MLS union rules or something like that. They have to have a certain number of days off. So yeah. you can't be playing with like 11, 12 months of the year either. And they want to shy away from midweek games as much as possible because it's not a TV draw. It's also not a draw in stadiums in a number of cities, and Vancouver is one of them. It's a hard sell in midweek for understandable reasons. Mm. If we turn to the game then, Minnesota, aside from missing the players to international duty, they're missing Emmanuel Reynoso. And we know how key he is for them. It's hit them hard. And basically, since he's been out, they've had to become a team to start the season that gives up possession, which is why the Whitecaps had 63% possession, that wants to play the counter-attacking, robo-ball almost style game, hitting the counter, use set pieces uh, to compensate for that. And you saw it in this game. They were happy to give the, the Whitecaps that possession. And with the Whitecaps struggling to be clinical in front of goal and take their chances and also susceptible at set pieces, which at least they weren't so much in, in this game, it was a good game plan. And although you look at the players missing and you think, oh, it should have been a win for Vancouver, the way that Minnesota played, I was very impressed. They, It was as if they felt, yeah, we can keep giving Vancouver these chances because they're just not going to take them. Yeah, there was a there was a bit of that, wasn't there? It, it, it we we've talked about it in previous years how central Reynoso is, and yeah, it was interesting to see. I've watched some highlights of Minnesota, but I have not watched uh, and followed as much as I uh, have as this game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how different they are without that central figure who you know controls possession. Who ever, I mean, we talked about in the past. Everything runs through him, right? It's like. You know, regain possession, find Reynoso. Regain possession, find Reynoso. That's like, that, that's it, exactly it's how It's kind of like when we had Pedro Morales. A little bit, Every, yeah. Everything went through him. Ryan Gold, to a lesser extent. But you could even say, like we've said before, if Ryan Gold doesn't go, the Whitecaps don't go, and he's not had a great run and then had to go off, doesn't look yeah. like it's a serious thing. He looks like he's going to be back at training. I mean... There's serious questions to, to ask about just where this team is right now. We'll discuss some of them with Axel in the next part. I mean, th- there's some positives. They are creating chances. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather, at least that we're creating and at least coming away with a point here and there. The movement has been way better. and It was, it was really good in this game. Possibly due to the fact that Cordova wasn't in. Because I, I think they moved mm. the ball better without him in the team I've got to say and for all of White's failings as a goal scorer when he's been dropping deep his little little interplays and just off the ball stuff has helped the team a feel move defensively they were better on the whole another big plus is they didn't put their heads down they fought to the very end and you saw that excitement when that equaliser went in the whole mm-hmm. bench emptied and it was it was great to see the, they're playing as a team, they're playing together, and that's all you can ask for in some regards. So they were at least a positive, Steve. Yeah, the one thing you mentioned about the um, the white dropping into to pick up the ball, isn't that what they asked Cavallini not to do? 
And they wanted somebody yeah. that moved forward? Like, why, yeah, why they is wanted, Wade they, doing Well, that, that was now? under MDS. The MDS wanted Cavallini in the six-yard box. I, I think I think Vanny was saying similar stuff, Probably too, though. if I'm not mistaken. Because that, that is where that he's that at he the wants. best. And that's, like, where Simon Betcher's going to be at his best as well. Yeah, so that, uh, uh, like, it's great that he's doing that, but I think they need to figure out better ways. You, you talk about the positives. Let's Should, should we dive in right to the negative? That goal, that yeah. was horrible, horrible. Yeah defending and it's not even the people in the box's fault it was the people coming back there was no support because if you look at the replay there's four people minnesota players in the box and only three defending yeah and I, I mean, you've, you've really... got on that's like being your one of your standard sort of standard bears that you're, you've had on the show in the 10 years is how poor we have done that in the past and the midfield coming back to help out the defence. And it has got a lot better, but it definitely wasn't on that goal, Steve. And I, I feel a bit for Laborda because it looks yeah. like he's the guy that it's was hung fault. out to dry um, because the the scorer, Garcia, got goal side of him. But at the same time, you've then got Laborda very much in the middle of the park when he's playing the right-back role. Right, and that's because... Raposo had to go and get the ball handler who was right on the edge, but didn't get to him fast enough, kind of stayed in no man's land. Um, and like it didn't really affect his crossing, and it and he was too far out to defend anybody. You know, then Blackman moves up, then Veselinovic moves up to the next guy, and they're both on the back end of mm-hmm. the player. So they're not even in front of him, defending in front. And then Laborda has to move in further. And there's the midfielders don't come back. Clearly, there's no winger, uh, so the we- there's no winger to come back. And uh, to me, it's just it, it's a really indicative of either whether you want to call it formation or setup. It's just uh, that is the clinical like explanation. It would be a great explanation of why this team does not this formation really doesn't work for the White Cubs because uh, opposing teams know that they don't play wide. They only have one guy mm-hmm. wide the fullback and nobody else plays wide so they don't need to like they can overload the width and just throw balls into the box I mean, it was a great ball in from Zarek Valentin Zach when he was available as a a, a free agent or he, he was available releasing or whatever I can't remember exactly how he was available I said I wouldn't mind him coming in he's a guy that is a, a steady performer good ball in it was a good header from Garcia, I mean, I'll give him full credit, nice stooping header, but just what was your thoughts on the goal? Yeah, I, I felt like we couldn't, you know, blame Takioka for, for this one this yeah. time. Yeah, so at least that was good. Um, so yeah, um, but no, I agree with Steve, and, and like the, the, the not putting enough pressure on the cross is a, is a real, real problem. And allowing crosses to come in, I think, is a, was a problem, I think, last year, and Continues to be. I, 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 having seen him play now a little bit, Laborda, I, I, I kind of wonder why when they brought in Laborda, they talked about him so much as a center back, which I know you've said lots on the show, Michael. Yeah, but he's five it's, foot it's eight or baffling whatever. to me. Um, but he, yeah, doesn't necessarily seem like the greatest fullback either. So it, it seems like a weird one. Um, I mean, it looks like Javane Brown's going to be the right back for the season going forward, just from little yeah. things that's been said and stuff. So Laborda's maybe going to get limited minutes there. But I, I'm, I mean, obviously we don't know the discussions that were had by him, but my, I thought he was coming in as a centre-back, so I don't yeah. understand the this is, at all. Uh, I, well, this is before the switch. I thought he was coming back as the, you know, the right-sided 
a center back of a three yeah. man yeah. back. And he, he would be a perfect center because he can move the ball up and down. He's kind of mid right back in people who play right back and center back are almost that's a perfect position for them. So I like they brought him in and all of a sudden they changed formation to four at the back. Yeah. And that kind of screws up with the whole um might explain why some people have left the uh, thing with, mm. with the way they brought people in. They paid money for him too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, see that that this concerning. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that goal had come after a good bit of spell of pressure from Minnesota, but it was about their only real spell of pressure in the game. The second half, the Whitecaps were dominant, but they couldn't get that breakthrough. But then the equaliser came in the 98th minute. I'm delighted, obviously, for Simon Betcher to get it. But good ball in from Pedro Viti. What a mm-hmm. header flicking on, though, from Michael Markey. It's like, oh, almost adding to their own goal as the scorer. But perfect mm-hmm. header to the back post for what I'm now going to call Betcher the Outstretcher. Nice. To it, get his leg to that and direct it in. I've got to say, though, which I didn't pick up at first in the excitement of the goal, but when I watched it back, I was like, oh, that is horrible from Clint Irwin. Yes, yes, um, for sure. I mean, yeah, the the header means that, you know, there's no assist on, on the goal, so it's just, you know, Betcher on the score sheet, but... Uh, great, great effort by him just to keep going and not give up and, you know, just get something on it uh, to put it uh, towards goal. And you're right, uh, Ir- Irwin should have done better. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for Vancouver, I mean, it's it's a it's a good way to end an overall not great performance. You look at where the club is just now and they've only taken three points from an available 15. But... They've only been beaten in two of the five games. Again, glass half full, glass half empty, etc., etc. They've scored the sixth most goals in the Western Conference. It might not feel like that, but they have. But they've also given up the fourth most. Which, again, considering where they are, also seems a little bit surprising. I would have thought the numbers would have been more. What, what's the, the point? That. What's the point differential between this number of games last year? After five games last year. They had four points, so they had a win and a draw. This year's three. Got three draws, so they're yeah. a point worse off. Yeah. It is something we're going to talk to Axel about in the next part, because in my head, Axel, and I don't want to give any spoilers away from what he says, must have in his head a points total for these yeah. first eight games. That if the club is not at that, he has to be looking at what changes he wants to make. And I'm not necessarily saying Vanny. I'm just changes in personnel, formation, possibly the coach. Because you've got guys on big tickets like Brian White, Christian Dahomey that aren't performing. And I had so high hopes for Dahomey from that preseason. And just for whatever reason, he's just not brought that form into the the league. And he's playing like a guy that's not full of confidence just now either, Steve. No, and and we talk about it in previous times that you're going to stick somebody in a position he's not used to playing, probably not suited to play. I, I mentioned it before that if you're going to play this formation, that you need to have move on from Dahomey and maybe Diber Caicedo. Like, I, I, don't you get people that fit in. I and think they might I, from Daho. I, I think they're still so high in, on Caicedo, but then of yeah. course there could be a change like it. If Vanny was to say go, a new coach is probably going to come in and play a completely different system. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then you might want your wingers, and then you might yeah. be thriving. 
or maybe Vanny. I mean, Vanny last year said he felt he was too slow to react to things that weren't going right. And he's learned from that. But has he? No, I don't because think he Because if he's learned from that, I would be moving away, I think, from the 4-2-3-1. And we saw it towards the end of the game in the 4-4-2 or whatever it was. But maybe we will look to then get the wingers coming in again. Well, he'll call them something else. He'll yeah. call them a, a, a wide center midfielders or something like that. <laughs> Again, without giving too much away from what Axel says, there's there's been inquiries about Whitecaps players from mm. other clubs. And you've got to think Dahomey is a guy that there's going to be MLS coaches watching that saying, oh, he would fit our system perfectly for what we want. But, but isn't the amount he's on, like the contract he's on, isn't it prohibitive? That could be prohibitive, yeah. And well, teams do have a space. Like part yeah. of some teams, we don't know how much space everybody has. They can easily, if they have some gam, they bring them in. They put some, it, they take some money not, down. It's not just about the space; it's about the valuation, right? Like they, 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 well, might, yeah, they might feel they're blowing money away, but then they might also feel that he's exactly what they need. Yeah. So the, the thing team. is, the other like teams, Colorado might, or something like that. Some teams might recognize the fact that he's playing out of position, and they mm-hmm. might remember when he was playing in position and what he contributed because he did when he started off there was a lot of moments that he had where yeah. it showed how his potential well if they watched him pre-season as well because they were playing against mls teams there's going to be teams going oh he could he could do that but i mean i i would think by the end of april depending on how the the land lies i could see a trade within the league and that some guys move on or whatever just to freshen things up if the goals in particular aren't coming. But um, as we say, it could be a great opportunity for Betcher. Maybe White will get on a run. But these two games coming up now at home, you've got Montreal, who are rested, but aren't also in great form as well, coming this Saturday. Very winnable. And you've got Portland, who are ravaged by injuries right now as well and are seem to be really struggling the week after. That's got to be six points that you're looking at. And then even going to Austin after that, which is a hard place to play, they do not seem the Austin of last year. It's like the Austin of the year before that, that they, they seem to be right now. So you're looking at seven to nine points realistically could be taken from those three games if the Caps can get something going. And then that turns the season around, takes the pressure off Vanny, takes the pressure off everyone. But then the flip side of that is you don't get those points and the pressure is huge. Yeah, especially on Vanny and Axel in order to make changes. Like Essentially, it, these it's hard to say this early in the season they must win games. But Well, that's the thing because a lot of the West look crap just now. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Caps, for all they've been playing, they finished the weekend in 11th, but they're just one point off the playoff spots. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, there's a number of things have gone their way, that's for sure, when it comes to the standings and the yeah. results. If, if we have a quick look, but not going to break down, because it's obviously a long show, so we're not going to break down all, all the MLS games in the West, but there's still four teams that are winless in the West, the Whitecaps being one, the Galaxy, KC and Colorado. KC and Colorado look particularly dire right now. The weekend's results, it was Portland nil, Galaxy nil, and talking of Dyer, this was a horrible game. And it's the second straight week that the Fox game that's been free for people to see on TV and not have an Apple 
has been a goalless draw, which is not a great advert for the league. And it wasn't a good game. Um, it's not happy times, really, for, for the Timbers. I'm sure we're all sad about that. They, they managed to get one measly shot on goal at home in, in this one. Goalkeeper David Bingham got a leg injury and had to go off in stoppage time as well. But the interesting thing about this is last year's starter was Slovenian Aljaz Ivicic. And he spoke to somebody from Oregon Live on Saturday, one of the journalists, and it sounds like he's fallen out with Savarese and basically called him a liar for not playing him, saying, I've been ready and healthy since game one. Everything else you're going to hear is a lie. Now, Savarese responded to that going, it's disappointing that a player would speak to a journalist and not keep it in-house uh, and didn't really want to, to, to talk about it. They have been hit hard with injuries, so as I say, a great chance for us to get something from them when they come here a week on Saturday. But Savarese, the pressure has to be on him as well. Didn't make the playoffs last year, bad start. I could see them having a kind of trigger finger of getting rid of him. I haven't kept up with it, but have, like, is the, the Timbers Army like active this year? I don't know. There was one game. There was one game I was watching part of, and I was just like, I heard them in this one. Okay, good. Okay. Singing, where the Timbers Army? Who are you? Okay. Um, and they were they were loud, but there's been so much crap going on down in Portland yeah, the on field, yeah. the Timbers and Thorns that I think it has sucked a bit of energy out of them. But Savarini, Savarini, Steve, he his coat's definitely in a shugly peg. Yeah, and it, it just depends. If I you know look at history, the Whitecaps might be the perfect opponent for the Timbers. We're talking about the <laughs> Whitecaps could take points oh, yeah. off them. That's, that's true. It could be it could be the perfect opponent for them too. So we'll see like how it works. But yeah, I agree that Portland's been horribly disappointing this year. It was Austin one, Colorado one. John Gallagher scored five minutes into this one for Austin, and then Kevin Cabral equalized five minutes from time. For Colorado, who I would say were the better team for three quarters of this game, and Austin, I don't know what it is with them. They've just they're just not themselves this year. It's the kit. Yeah, could be. Although, yeah, that's given the migraines and motion sickness. It certainly gives me that when I watch it. Houston won. Red Bulls now second straight clean sheet for the Dynamo. Amini Bassi's fifty fifth minute penalty, the difference maker there. Clearly, my presence in Houston has helped them out big time. Yeah. Yes. Oh, did you? You didn't make it along to the game in the end, did you? No, I could. I was going to go to the Austin Houston game. Um, that would have been, but the place was like the the stadium was like an hour and a half away. It was the night before an early ah. flight, so I had. To, I, there's no way I could make it back. That makes sense. Always, always good to see Dead Bull lose. Yes. Kansas City won. Seattle four. Kansas City took the lead in the fifth minute through Willie Agada. And then just basically collapsed. Jordan Morris scored four goals in this, taking his tally for the season to seven. And if this keeps up, he's going to get back in the, the US national team mix, you would have to think. Although they seem very loath to call up MLS players at, at the moment in that. Leo Chu as well tied a league record for getting four assists uh, in this game. The the Brazilian who's just looking on fire for Seattle. Seattle in general... I think I thought they were going to have a better season, but I think they might even be favourites for the West. It looks to me, but it's between them and LAFC. I think because you can't expect St Louis to to keep up this 
or or can they? But, but we'll come to them in a sec. Don't call well, it a if the thing, Yeah, if the thing is, if Jordan Morris doesn't get called up uh, and he keeps this kind of pace up, we are going to have to look at Jordan Morris's father's Twitter account. And <laughs> ben Sweat was sent off for a second yellow in this one yeah. for Kansas City, but Seattle had gone 2-1 up by that point and then added a, another two. And then we mentioned St. Louis. 4-0 win at RSL. The, the St. Louis juggernaut keeps on rolling but I might want to say the St. Louis second half juggernaut keeps on rolling because they've been phenomenal in the second half of these games. Mm-hmm. RSL, clearly the better team in this one in the first half. Another team could score. And then St. Louis came out after the break on fire, hit four goals, two more for Klaus. The second of which, yet another gift, Paolo Ruiz just passes the ball right to him again. It's like, fucking hell. <laughs> Is he like invisible on this pitch yeah. or something? Has he it's got so a Harry weird. Potter cloak of invisibility that he just goes, ha ha? It is so weird. How many, is that the third or fourth time now? Third time that there's been a pass back that he's just pounced on and buried. It's on. Well, actually, the one time it was a different guy, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Tr- yeah it wasn't close. Yeah. yeah, it was. It wasn't Lewis. But yeah, uh, it was the guy. It was the guy. It was the guy from. Uh, it was the guy who Stroud or whatever who played for Austin and yeah. his team. Right. <laughs> But no, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. And the thing is, it continues the love affair between Manuel and, and St. Louis on Twitter. Yes. Every every time something like this comes up. It's the it's German the, connection. It's the Lutz connection, yeah. Yeah. I tell I got Lutz on this show, actually, because I keep saying we want to get him on a show. So we'll, we'll get him on soon. I definitely want to talk to him about what's happening down there in St. Louis. It looks absolutely amazing atmosphere in their home games and on the pitch. They're just looking superb home and away it was LAFC 2 Dallas 1 LAFC continued to impress an attack Timothy Tillman fired him ahead in the first half they definitely look susceptible at the back and I know folk might poo poo me for thinking that the Whitecaps have a chance in this Champions League game but I, I still think they do because of this away goals thing and having the first leg at BC place and how poor LA do up here because they look susceptible back there Dallas went down to 10 men. A video review had changed a, a yellow to red for Wumazi. Uh, um, that was in the 35th minute. But then the shorthanded side tied things up in the 73rd through Tafari after the LA defence just dealt horribly with an in-swinging free kick into the six-yard box. Vela got brought down for a penalty, then crashed out off the bar in the 79th before Buanga hit the winner from a ridiculous position. It was six minutes to go. I have no idea how that ended up in the back of the net, but it did, and it gave LAFC the, the three points. But you, you're talking about LAFC being susceptible to the back. Hasn't the, that been their story all along? They're always like great in attack, but just good. To, and the only year I think that they weren't is when Kripo, last year when Kripo was in mm. there, that they had a little bit of more organization. I, I, what, what's his timeline too? He should be back. He's going to be back Did training you're... in April, and they think yeah. he might be good to go June, June or July. June or July, yeah. Uh, which is f- fantastic for Max, and hopefully he does get back. Just LAFC, I can't remember if I spoke about this off-air or on-air, that they had done this fantastic thing where they had given the the catering staff and the janitorial staff and stuff championship yeah. rings. And then do you see... About- did you see what they did this week? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Did yeah. you see what they did this week? Yeah. So uh, did you see it, Steve? 
No, I didn't see it. I missed it. So basically, somebody that's worked in concessions there since they started in 2017. 2018. 2018. A person went up to know they didn't have money and, and stuff and was just asking them questions and... Well, they, they were like, the guy's like, I, I forgot my wallet. Yeah. She's like, oh, what do, you, what do you want? He's like, I'll have some popcorn. And then she's like, what do you want to drink? He's like, I'll have, I'll have a Pepsi or whatever. And he's like, tell me what you owe. I'll bring it back. And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. Don't worry. And then he says, how long have you worked here? And then she's like, 2018. When did this start? Oh, 2018. 2018. He's like, so you've been here from the beginning. And then and he's like, oh, well, I got something for you. You, you take it from well, there, Mike. Well, he also says, you're not working today. It's like, yes, oh, I yeah, am. yeah. And she says, yes, and I It's am. like, no, you're not. And hand, hands him a, a box, Steve. And then she opens it. And it's a championship ring for her. The 12 Which wow. is the like amazing. <laughs> and her and her family get to go in a box to watch the game. And she's got the night off and a thousand bucks as a thank yeah, you. That's nice. And her family were there and the HR from LAFC were there. I'd, I'd left a message on Mark's Instagram because he had shared it saying, what are you guys doing down there? It's yeah. like it's phenomenal. It's how a football club should be. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah a certain footballer that used to play for the Whitecaps would be happy about getting rings like that. Yeah. I, I'm still waiting for my championship ring from the, the, the win last year. Seattle? I do feel I was in... Oh, oh and I from Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got a ch- uh, MLS Cup brand, uh, a Canadian championship ring coming. Um, Last game. No, no. San Jose, TFC, absolutely shit game. Quake mm. should have won. Uh, TFC actually outshot the Quakes, but the Quakes had way better opportunities. It was just horrible. Let's just move on from that. And, and, and what I want to mention about this, how about this for marketing? Yeah, the free game you put on is basically a TFC game playing on the West Coast, which is like 10.30 at night yeah. in, in Toronto. I know they're trying to avoid the Maple Leafs playing against the same time, but still, that's just poor like timing or something. On, this is on TSN but, we're talking about, but yeah. Yeah, on TSN, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was like, that's a, that is a weird choice of game. If we have a look at the, the Western Conference standings, out on top, 100% record, five wins from five, 15 points on the board, St. Louis. Tremendous start for them. Seattle and LAFC, they are on 10 points apiece. LAFC have played a, a game less. Minnesota, fourth and eighth. And you've got three teams on seven, Dallas, Austin, San Jose, Houston in eighth on six, Portland in ninth on four. That's the nine playoff places. Crazy nine playoff places. Salt Lake, 10th on three, Whitecaps, 11th on three, Galaxy, 12th on three, and then bringing up the rear, Kansas City and Colorado on two. It's tight. And that is the good thing, at least from from the Whitecaps, I I would say, guys, Mm -hmm. in that... They're not playing. They're not playing bad, but they're not getting the results, and they're not clinical. But they're very much in the wicks. They just have to tweak this. And I still had them finishing fourth. I still think they'll be a playoff team if they address the issues in a timely manner. And they've got to start scoring. They've got to get somebody scoring or bring somebody in that can score. It's not panic stations by any means yet, because it's so early in the season. But you don't want to let things continue without change. Yeah, winning they're in, sort of thing, right? It's still this moment, like yeah. so. The the panic again. I think the panic behind the scenes might not be as real as it is, you know, on social media or whatever. Yeah, it definitely isn't. I will hear that in the next part when we we chat to Axel. But he is obviously 
not got his head in the sand either. He's he's aware of what's going on, what is not going on. But that draw, I think, was a, a big boost for Vanny because, I, I mean, I was chatting to someone saying if they'd lost that, I genuinely think they might have looked at his position because Canadian Championship coming up, you either have to make that call before that game with enough time for somebody to come in or you have to wait to the end of April, by which things times things could have got out of hand. But I think there was enough on display in that to show that the team's playing for him, that there's enough positives there. And I, I want him to succeed, but I want him to learn from these mistakes that's happening as well and react maybe a little bit better than he sometimes does. But talking of Vanny, that brings us a chance now to bring in one of our fun segments. Let's see if Vanny will take me out. Take me out! So you're at home, you decide you can't be bothered cooking. So you and your wife get some takeout food. What would be your takeout food of choice? What is your favourite kind of takeaway? Number one by far is pizza. Pizza is my takeaway choice. That's that's probably my number two after Indian food. Um, I eat way okay. too much pizza. <laughs> when I'm up at training at UBC and there's the pizza by a slice place in, in Pizza Garden, yeah. I eat there way, yeah. way, way too much. <laughs> Vanni Sartini there, the Italian, who would have thought his go-to takeout food was pizza? I wanted to follow up on that at the WFC2 game yesterday and ask him what his favourite pizza was and pizza place and stuff, but I didn't get a chance to talk to him, so that's why that one was so short. But that's another one of our fun segments. Talking of fun, what could be more fun than our feature interview? And we'll be back with that with Whitecaps CEO and Sporting Director Axel Schuster after this. Hi, I'm Ryan Raposo and you're listening to the AFTN show. Do you worry that you're not liked? How long till you break? You're happy cause you smile But how much can you Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. 
And we're kicking off this part with some Canadian content from 1997, from their second album, Clumsy, Our Lady Peace, Superman's Dead, reached number two in the alternative chart here, I think number 17 in the main Canadian chart. And, of course, without Our Lady Peace, there would be no AFTN soccer show. I don't know if I've ever explained on this show how I met my wife. You have. I know you guys know, but oh. a, a quick, quick summary for anyone that is unaware. I was over here in 1997, came over for New Year, was in the hotel, much music was on, Our Lady Peace, Countdown, it was Superman's Dead, Automatic Flowers, loved it, bought the CD, had my trip, went back to Scotland. About a year later, I was just bored and I thought, oh, they've got like a fan message board, I'll kind of check that out. Went on that message board, started talking to my wife, now, Caitlin, but for about a year and a half, we chatted on and off online, chatted on the board to her and a few other people. I was coming over here in 2001 on vacation. She said she would show me around. Fell in love, got married, been married for 20 years, been together for 22 years, and it's all because of Our Lady Peace. So they've got a lot to answer for, Caitlin feels, <laughs> in, in many regards. We got interviewed by Our Lady Peace about us coming together because someone had tipped them off. So I've never ever seen that interview. They were going to do it for a DVD extra. I don't ever know if it featured on anything. Mm. But yeah, ultimately, they are responsible then for me moving to Canada, starting the podcast. So thank you to Rain Maida and the rest of the lads. Now, uh, I just want to bring up that it's actually not, uh, this is not my favorite song about Superman by a Canadian rock band. Uh, my favorite would be Crash Test Dummies Superman mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot they were Canadian. Yeah, yeah and then but the only problem I have with that song is uh, when they said Superman never made any money. They saving the world from Solomon Grundy. Grundy yeah. is actually a Batman, a villain, and not a Superman villain. So that was my only issue. Although Superman has fought Grundy in the past, but not officially. Ha- have you written to them to complain? No, I just left a couple of messages on the YouTube. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough well I mean t- talking of lines from songs there's a line in that Our Lady Peace song that says ordinary's just not good enough these days and that's pretty much how I feel the White Caps could be viewed also might be the title of this episode it's either going to be 10 years of tears <laughs> or ordinary's just not good enough these days it's one of these two that I'm going to go for because right now an ordinary White Caps side is not going to be good enough to be MLS contenders they need to be above that so how has the start of this season gone down in Whitecaps Towers? What is the, the mood like for Axel Schuster? Is it panic stations? Does he feel this time? Does he like what he's seen from the team? There's been some changes off the pitch this week that, that was announced as well in Director of Recruitment, Nikas Overhuel, moving on. So go stick the kettle on, grab a chocolate digestive, sit down and enjoy our feature interview for this show with Whitecap CEO and Sporting Director, Axel Schuster. Hi Axel, thank you for doing this today. I, I know you're a very busy guy, you're flying all over the place, London, New York, you just got to do Paris and Munich next and then I've got a song that I can play for that. Yeah, so, believe me, uh, 
uh, there's no better place than, than Vancouver. So I would prefer to stay there, but honestly, there is work to be done. So uh, and, and I, I don't want to complain. It's part of my job. So we 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 have still to 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 work on a few things, and we have still to do a few things better. So uh, and to improve a few things, and then you have to travel and to go. So because the one thing, unfortunately, uh, Vancouver is so beautiful that everyone says that. And, oh yeah. But it's also far away from a lot of other cities in the world. Oh, so yeah. you cannot expect you cannot expect only because it's so beautiful that everyone is coming to Vancouver. So you sometimes have to go to the people. That's true. Well, thank you for taking time to to join us today. This is our tenth anniversary show. We've been doing this podcast for ten years. So I wanted to get you on just to chat some white cap stuff and I, I guess Start off by saying the start to the season probably, well, not probably, isn't really what you were hoping for, I'm sure. But how are you feeling about things five games in? Yeah, first of all, I want to start with uh, congratulating because 10 years is uh, is an amazing timeline. And it's, uh, yes. it's uh, I, I know a lot of podcasts and a lot of uh, shows that haven't survived 10 years. So you're obviously doing something right because uh, otherwise you... <laughs> so and uh, I, I really much appreciate that uh, the work you are doing because uh, still uh, we have to do a lot uh, more to, to connect with our fans, supporters and having various platforms to do that. And you're obviously one. And that is uh, also very much liked by our supporters. So congratulations to Thank 10 you. years. And now about uh, our first weeks, not years. Um, yes, uh, yeah, I, I I have a little mixed feelings about it. Um, on one side, uh, I know development is not always going straight upwards and forward. And uh, so you have to accept that... Uh, there are moments of readjustments and corrections, and and that uh, you have to hang in if you if you're on the right path, even if results are not always going your way. I would say if we look at development, the team is definitely playing a better game, and they're definitely playing better soccer. Um, we have improved our game by far in possession, and if I go back to the game last weekend. I think one, two years ago, we have looked at such games of teams that have played like us. And we have said, we would have said, wow, we would like to be that team that goes to uh, Minnesota and has 23 shots and even 14 from inside the box, not all from somewhere far off the goal. Um, and then at the end, you, you really need the last second of the game to, to get a point there. So, um, the one thing that is important for me that we all, continue to believe in the process because if you score 23 time on the opposition's goal and you have more than 60% of possession, the likelihood that you win games and that you get the points is far higher than the other way around because uh, I think uh, this is the one big step that we have done. Um, those step, the, 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 the thing that is missing is that we really converted into goals. Uh, we have higher X goals and higher X threats than, than our opponents. And I sometimes, if I am, I'm in a moment where I questioning all the things myself, I think, okay, would you be happy if it would be the other way? We would have got some results and some points, but we would have been always very lucky with getting the results. And I think in the long term, I would be more concerned with that because uh, there is no guarantee that you continue to get the points if you are never the team that, that uh, is the better team in the game. So said that, 
mixed feelings. Uh, on one side, we were doing some steps in the right direction. Our development looks actually right. But of course, it's a, it's a, it's a result game and we have to work on the results and we have to work on that. I think uh, we had also some promising um, minutes from very young lads that, that haven't played a lot before or is, are new in our team. So also those things have still to come to, uh, come together. And um, then I am st still believe that, that, uh, that we can uh, make far more points in the first eight games than we have done last year. And we have now two home games. Um, and uh, why we should not win those two home games in the league. And uh, I think then we could speak again and everyone would feel better about the situation. Yeah, I think most people watching the team this season sees that they're playing better football. And as you say, playing bad and getting results isn't sustainable. Likewise, playing as well and dominating, getting shots, but not getting the results isn't going to continue. Looking at the hard facts, three points from the first 15 available, four points dropped at home. It's one point worse off than last year. And... You, you talked a lot, Vanny talked a lot, the players talked a lot about the bad start last year. Do you feel, though, by focusing on that so much in the off-season, because the team maybe hasn't got off to a good start, that's just raised the pressure a little bit on everyone? I don't know. Uh, actually, I think um, after the first half-time of our home opener against Salt Lake, uh, everyone was feeling that that will, be a great, will become a great season and that that's uh, uh, the big next step or the big step that this team and club has done. And then we fall back in a few old habits and we, we saw that the full turnaround and the full change hasn't happened yet and that players under pressure fall back in old, ha old habits. And I think the only thing you can do is to continue on, on, on this path, to continue to do what you do, because if we would now question everything and start to do things again differently, there's no guarantee that it would work better. Um, yes, the pressure was maybe high. I think internally the pressure that we have put on, uh, 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 put on us it was high because we have seen the preseason, we have seen uh, that we could compete with everyone. We have been in a lot of those games a better team already, so... And then with losing the first game, the desperation to do it better in the second game obviously becomes bigger and bigger. And maybe that was the next factor for the second game where we, where we again uh, played a very good first half and then, then fall back again. I think we have stabilized in the last games. Um, I think we have managed our games better. Um, we had not this, this second half where... Um, we we lost the momentum and and where we fall back into old habits. Uh, now it is really, if you look at the last game, really about the final product and getting the ball over the line. And we all know there are strikers that have those moments where they're not scoring, even on best positions, and then suddenly they score like a crazy goal <laughs> uh, that you would not expect them to score, and, and then it opens the door to to score far more. And um, that's that's a point. The other point that actually has hurt us at the beginning of the season that we have worked on, and I think we we are do looking for better now. And in, in the last two three games, have been the the the, the defensive set pieces. Um, we have conceded um, most of our goals in the first games from defensive set pieces. 
And that has actually hurt us. If we would have been the second best team like last year, we would have at least four points more and things would look better. But in the last games, we have also stabilized that. So now it's really um, coming home and and then continue to do what we do with the same conviction to do it again. I think uh, I only if you only compare our last game in Minnesota and the last game of last season in Minnesota, we see how big the difference is between those two teams that we play here. Um, but long story short, there's no question about that. And that's the reason why I speak about the first eight games. We have also to get the results. We uh, uh, At the end, there we we have to find a way to, to grab points in, in those games. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic and confident that we can do next Saturday. And uh, that we, we had in the last second of the last game, maybe this initial moment that strengthened our belief and and paid back a little bit for for the hard work that we have done because it felt a little bit like a win, although it wasn't a win. And the, the in the locker room and how the players celebrated and the whole bench was running to the corner flag and everyone was lying on everyone uh, and the coaches and everyone. And we got uh, a lot of beer uh, as a shower for that <laughs> from the fans there. It it felt like a win, and you sometimes need those moments. Uh, and it has definitely united the team again, and that's the most important thing for me. That we 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 all play together and believe in it. That everyone is doing every single step and doing what he's supposed to do. Um, because I don't believe if though if we would turn around things now, we would question the setup and the lineup and the and the and the um, strategy and the tactics that I will guarantee us more points or more goals in the next game. So let's let's uh, see the positives and strengthen them and uh, win two home games. Yeah, these next two home games are obviously very massive, also very winnable. Montreal's not been good. Portland's got big injuries and everything at the moment. Now, I obviously don't expect you to give me this number, um, but... In your head, do you have an acceptable points total that the team needs to be at after eight games? Or is it more just metrics of what you're seeing from the team that you would deem as being acceptable before you might have to consider changes? And by changes, I don't necessarily mean Vanny. I mean players, personnel, just in, in general. In your mind, is there an acceptable point that the team needs to be at this year by game eight? More than last year, for sure. But this is not far off. <laughs> and we have always said that the first eight games with four points have hurt us so much that we at the end couldn't make up for it. Um, but uh, if we win the next game, we have already more. Um, and, and we have two more games to go. Um, yes, uh, it's, you also see it's very close in the, in the Western Conference. Um, so with all the results, we are not far off of the of the playoff line. Although we haven't really performed in a way we or scored or uh, grabbed points in a way we 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 were hoping for or we expected from ourselves. Um, I can tell every to I can tell to every of your listeners we are actually um, thinking about that every day, and and we are those who are the hardest on ourselves. I think that actually when I read some some of the stuff or I speak with fans, uh, um, there is a lot of positivity around it because the people see that the performance has become better. I, I can tell you that we are really hard on ourselves and 
and discuss every single thing, every single little decision, um, every single performance. Uh, we get we get two performance reviews. We we build two performance reviews every week. There are many pages long. We have a we have a meeting after every game with every department involved, where everyone speaks openly. Um, and and yes, um, we we work harder than than ever before. The the, the, the nothing nothing can can make up for a win the feeling of a win and we are getting more desperate and desperate is there a point a number of points we need after um eight games from now on i would say uh, nine more um in the in the remaining three games because uh, uh in the way we have not got the results uh, we can actually get the results in the next three games and none of those teams has played like uh St. Louis right now or um, um, yeah, it, it's somebody who is winning every single game. So, both, all the our three opponents had also some challenging challenges, have also some problems coming into the season. And then, why should we not take advantage from that now and 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 win those games? Looking off the pitch and and recruitment, obviously the big splash this off season was Sergio Cordova. No one would have expected him to then pick up an injury early into things. How does the recruitment side of things work? Because Vanny had said he'd highlighted that Cordova was the his main target. But then he also has kind of said that he feels that he maybe can't play the pressing game in the system that, that the club is needing. So when he highlights a player, do you look at whether the player is going to fit the system or do you try and build a system uh, around the player? At the end, at the end, we we have um, over the last years uh, we have worked with the whole recruitment and scouting department and our coaches and the technical side very closely together to to uh, develop flashcards for each position and the requirements on each position, and we have actually a rating system for that. And Sergio Cordova was uh, rated as number one target from coaches and analytics. And so um, if there are areas where he has to grow to, to fit perfectly to what we want to play, then this is something we expect him to do. And he's still a young player. And he has played in several clubs successfully. And not all, every club had the same set up the same system, the same tactics. Coaches have changed in his time in Augsburg. He was five years in the Bundesliga and he is able to adapt to it. I think the one thing that uh, actually uh, wasn't ideal for him um, was that because of the the long time it took to really get him um, and also the whole, the long final acquisition process he wasn't in, in perfect shape. And I think he's a player who needs to be in perfect shape to play the way we want him to play. Um, and and then he was just settling in slowly and getting a few minutes and playing uh, a longer longer period of minutes in the in the game in uh, San Pedro. And uh, then he got injured um, in the first half. Um uh, last week, and that's obviously not ideal. But um, the one thing I can say that we will take this time, use this time, um, to help him to to be better prepared and more ready and in a better shape uh, than he was uh, when he played the last minutes um, last week. 
and you can work on that because uh, it's not like that he cannot do any body work he has only obviously to to um um to not load on on his on his strain but uh, every other body part can work and uh, today uh, our performance department has all possibilities to to help him to be in perfect shape or better shape if he comes back and that will help us all and at the same time again um uh wouldn't be the first time that a bigger player is is missing out and not there uh and other players are stepping up and uh um i i think that Simon Badger has shown some some flashes of what he can give to the team Diver Casado was back after after a very very long time, and if I want to remind everyone, uh, if I can remind everyone that Diver was one of our most dangerous and most important attacking pieces before his injury last season, um, um, because he is a he's a very different player than most of the players we have, and he gives us something different. He gives us possession in the final third, uh, and 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 a very good passing skill and dribbling. So there are other players that can step in. We have actually invested in depth. We have, have signed in for each position several players, and we have now for each position several players. So we are prepared for this scenario. And um, we have seen in the last game that uh, Sergio maybe would have put one over the line, but maybe not. That uh, that's, uh, that our performance overall isn't hasn't become worse. And I want to also say something. Probably Minnesota was our best game other than the first half against uh, Salt Lake. But we have also played without one of our definitely two, three best players, Andres Kubas. And uh, we could even, with our depth, make up for that and play still still play uh, a very impressive game. I, I mean, I, I would also note, though, as well, that Minnesota were missing seven starters from the week before as well. So... Uh... I, I don't know how much you can take a good performance as it was against a full strength Minnesota. I know I can hear folks shouting as they listen to this just now. I mean, are you keeping an open mind? To well, I, only want to, I only want to add to that that we have played in preseason against Minnesota with their best lineup and our yes. best lineup. And the, te- the game hasn't looked actually not, not that different. We have also dominated that game and won that game. So, um, so I would say um, that it wasn't. Uh, only by uh, the re- for the reason that they were missing so many players, we were missing two DPs either. Yeah. So either and and Jermaine Brown, who has played really good in the first game. So long story short, um, I think it was very much equalized. Who was missing on both sides? Um, and uh, at the end, it wasn't like a slightly better performance than Minnesota. It was a clearly dominant performance of us in this game on the road in Minnesota. Are you keeping an open mind, depending on how results go, as to whether you might dip back into the transfer market before the window closes? Or do you feel what you've got just now, that's going to be it until at least the summer and then you'll review things then? Uh, Right now, if we look at the the performance last weekend and we haven't even started uh, Kubas and and, and Jerome Brown because they haven't been available I think it's not a question of of um, depth and the, the the quality of the players that we have there, um, but um, as we said before, we we are strongly be- we strongly believe that uh, our performance is the is the main key to to win games and to become successful. If we would find out that 
for whatever reason that doesn't work, we would have to think about uh, readjusting things, and then everything is is uh, up to to discussions and and also for changes, and then we then we have to make our decisions. Um, but um, uh, the end um, in in the last two games, <clears throat> we always had a uh, had the chance uh, to score another goal, and if I to mind that Galaxy Brian White was running alone one on one on the goalkeeper way late in the game, and if we would have scored there, we would have won two one. And against Minnesota, if we would have scored earlier a goal, we would probably have also won, and we wouldn't discuss that. And we cannot make every, we cannot always have any every decision or make changes on on such small things. If we find out that they, they are becoming bigger things, then we have to think about that because the other thing is what do we do with the players that we have. They are performing quite well, and and actually it is right now a little bit a different situation than 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 we had before. Um, we have request, we have we have received a lot of interest and and questions about our players, and we are consistently saying no because we want to keep our squad together and we want to keep the players together, and uh, so obviously um, there are a few players that that are not doing such a bad job and. And and still the results are not going our way. So let's work on 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 the results, and then I think those those question marks will go away. Yeah, when Carl Robinson was here, he used the phrase "fine lines" a lot, and he was quite mocked for it. But he's always been right because football is a game of fine lines. Because you just look at like that Brian White chance, for example. If that goes in, we're looking at a whole different conversation. We're looking at a whole different league table different conversations about Brian's form, stuff like that. Staying on recruitment, obviously on Friday it was announced that Nikos Overhill had moved on from the club, which was a a big surprise, I I think, to a number of people. Was that in the works for for a long time or did it kind of come out of of the the blue to you? No, it wasn't in the works for a long time. Um, And... Yes, uh, it's it's part of our business and uh, something that uh, I have uh, learned over the many years I'm in this business since 1999, actually. So I'm getting old now. Um, that uh, that this is normal in our business that people move on from time to time, or that that um, um, that uh, there is a change. And I think it's a it's a it's a game of change on all positions. Um, if you if you look at teams three years after, you find out how small the group is of of players that are still there, of coaches. Um, you always get then those wonderful reports about the longest serving coach. I just saw it on one of my flights about comparison and leaks, and you're actually getting shocked. Then other than one or two coaches, everyone is only there for a little bit more or less than twelve months uh, in most of the leagues. Um, so it is a game of change, and um, um, I, I have done two changes in my life uh, because I I felt I need a new challenge and I need to move on and I need to get yeah to a different place and 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 actually feeling a new challenge. So the only thing I I can do here is to say thank you to Nikos. Um, I think he was the right fit. I just I I met him one day before. COVID really broke out. Uh, and so he couldn't come to Vancouver for a long time. But I have met with him in London uh, at the beginning of the year of uh, 2020. And um, 
um, he has helped us to to build a setup that uh, I think he can be proud of and and we can be very happy with because uh, the one thing I have to say is um, that um, um, his work that he has done will continue in some way because it's uh, it's uh, uh, a total different uh, department now, a total different process now. And uh, many people are involved in that. And uh, what is not fair in this business very often that, that um, everything is focused on a very few key guys. On the players, absolutely fine. But then it's focused on the head coach and how many people are speaking about the medical team that is making a player fit or not fit um, and, and and the performance team that helps to to, to get the players in shape and um, the operational team that has, by the way, also done an amazing job in the last weeks with all the travel to Honduras back and forth and that the team could perform in that way with this amount of away games um, um, is, is also um, uh, the reasons also because they have done a good job. So also behind Nikos, we have built uh, a team and if we sign a player today, then we have a document that has a high number of 30, so almost 40 pages. And a lot of people have worked on this document. Um, and and that will help us to to, to continue to work on the level on, and in, in the way we have worked over the last years. And um, uh, as it is a game of change, that also means that our department will probably have some changes at some point. Um, and and uh, that we will see new hats and we will see new guys and the way Nikos joined the club and, and everyone was excited about this move and now another club will be excited because Nikos is joining them and in our club people will be excited because somebody else is coming um, who gives us um, uh, uh, again uh, maybe new ideas and additional ideas and and and, and some new energy and then uh, we will continue to do what we have done. So um, at the end, uh, it's it's uh, uh, not it's not uh, what everyone was hoping for. But uh, the 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 one thing I can tell everyone, it's not as bad, or it will not fall back to to how it was before. Um, and uh, people will see that. I'm anyway always a believer in. Mm-hmm. In 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 uh, speaking about what really has happened and how things have developed after a year of period and not after a week or two weeks, and so I will say would say please give everyone else who is working in this department and also us the chance to 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 prove that we will continue on on in in that way. Nikos have helped has helped us to build this department. I've got one final thing to ask you, but before that, just to to continue on just a little bit from what you just said there, I I think with with Nikas coming in, the whole setup of the recruitment department, it's what the club's needed for ages and it's been a breath of fresh air. So from what I'm hearing from you, it doesn't sound like you're going to be moving away from that kind of stats bomb analytical side of things. That is still the approach the, the club's going to take. No, absolutely not. We will actually maybe, uh, not maybe, we haven't done yet. So I don't want to, to weaken my negotiation uh, leverage of power. But we will actually add probably another company that has uh, done some innovative work and is providing some additional data. Not a lot of clubs in the world are working with that. So we will continue on this path. We will do even more. Um, and uh, we 
we will, uh, as I said before, uh, prove that uh, the process that has been put in place is strong and will is still still existing, and that the next signings will be uh, checked and uh, selected and and scouted in the same way we have done in the last years. And for that, I have to also to say to Nikos because he was a very important pioneer for us in building this department and setting the standard. So last thing, I just want to touch on WFC too, because you know how much I enjoy this team and I love covering this team. Kicked off the, the new season yesterday, some very exciting talent on that team this year. I, I take it that the rebrand's kind of been put on hold, that we kind of talked about how you wanted to bring everything that wasn't first team under the one umbrella. I mean, what what's your hopes for the team this season? Because the amount of young talent that looks potentially to come through there it's very exciting we haven't had those residency breakthroughs or academy breakthroughs i should call it now um that maybe other clubs have but it does seem that this team is the good source now for bringing these guys on to the first team yeah and i'm the same excited like you about those those uh, things and we have spoken from the beginning about it and you know how difficult it was with covid for us to build something um, I'm so excited that although I was in Minnesota uh, on uh, Saturday late evening, I decided to fly back to Vancouver and to fly to New York today again because I had to be in New York this evening. And everyone who knows the landscape uh, knows how much trouble that was only oh, yeah. to see our MLS Next Pro team. But I wanted to be there live. I wanted to, to support and be there also for Rico's first game as a professional coach. And I wanted to see all this young talent, although not not even all talent was there for various reasons, with with injuries and national team um, uh, players that have been with New Zealand. So long story short, um, it's uh, I agree. Um, we have done a lot of analysis. We are so also here working on on next best steps and what can we do. We also have to accept that our market and our uh, uh, homegrown territory is very different to other markets. I don't think that we should make the mistake and, and only try to copy-paste or to look at other markets. If you look at the markets in uh, in in the Bay Area for San Jose or LA, the amount of kids that are playing soccer there, um, the amount of, of talent that is there in, in, in a driving distance of one, two hours, and the same here where I'm just here in New York or the Boston area or in Philadelphia, where you can you you have the same amount of people in the driving distance from one two hours that we have in the flight distance of four or five hours in our territory, so things are things are different. That doesn't mean they're worse or uh, uh, more challenging because they also have their challenges. Uh, they are just different, and I think um, this team um, is the top of the development pyramid, and uh, that's that's def- definitely. The case and we have made that way clear to the rebranding and putting everything under one roof will come but we also have to respect that our youth teams are playing a different calendar so this is also um, uh, in consideration still and if i look at the team yesterday i have to say uh, it is really fun to watch this guys uh, has been yeah. 10 canadian 10, 10 young canadians um and with different backgrounds because mm-hmm. uh Although our markets are different and very challenging, one of our best players yesterday was an academy product, a player who was playing in the U17 last year, our left big Mihal. Yes, and, he was uh, excellent, I thought. 
last night. Yes, I think he was definitely in the top two, three. And he's a, a very young player who was in our U17 last year and um, um, is coming out of our academy. We have also played a U17 national team player later in the game. Yes. Uh, from our academy. Um, so, and we mix that with some talent that we have picked up at CPL, uh, some talent that we have brought back um, from Europe. And um, I think the, the way the team has yesterday performed, the, the way our setup is, um, the, that, the, the, that's the most important message. This is a, an at attractive platform for young talent, Canadian talent, and also for guys that want to come back and play on a regular basis in a good competition. Our team is very, very close connected with the first team. We have seen that. We have already used uh, MLS and X Pro players for the roster of the first team this season. Um, again, last weekend, Vasco Fai was on the bench with us in Minnesota and yesterday then he played. Um, so um, this is something that is attractive for players. And I actually have um, uh, made the experience the last weeks, also when I was in London, that more and more players, young players in the world are looking at this league and, and thinking that it is quite attractive and maybe also an option for them. Um, but we will always focus on Canadian talent first. And uh, for that reason, it was also great to see that uh, that we won yesterday against our rival Portland um, with uh, um, uh, 10 Canadian starters. And uh, this is a, a very good kickoff to the season. It certainly was. Well, thank you, as always, for being very generous with your time, Axel. Enjoy the rest of New York. I'm sure you're back, but you'll be back probably Thursday, Friday for our the weekly chat that you have with us. I'm sure I'll see you then. But I'm back tomorrow evening already. Oh wow! Um, and then we'll yeah, we'll work on on everything. Um, I can also again only say to your listeners, um, we are working really hard, and I know it is frustrating, and believe me, it's so frustrating for us. And the amount of times we are sitting in planes on flight backs and 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 thinking for hours, what have we done wrong, or have we done something wrong? What can we do better? Um, give us a little bit of trust. We really try to 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 work here into the right, towards the right direction. That the results will come, and if if not, then we are also not shy of of changing things and questioning everything. So we are not celebrating ourselves every day. Um, it's actually the opposite. Um, we're not sitting here and say, "Wow, the performance was so great! Twenty three shots. This team, uh, there, we haven't, we hadn't, haven't had twenty three shots against an opponent on the road for the last five years." No, no, we actually are on the other side of the analysis and think why we haven't got the result, what was wrong, what decisions we haven't have done in the wrong way, what we could have done better, and uh, this is the only way how how we can become successful. And obviously. The one thing that would really helpful would be very helpful if a few people believe and trust and show up in the next week in the stadium because it makes a difference if you have a good crowd behind you that is pushing you. It certainly does. Well, safe travels back and thank you for your time and take care, Axel. Thank you and congratulations once again for the 10 years. Thank you so much. Some great stuff from Axel there. Very honest stuff. And I mean, he, he knows it's not perfect just now, but he sees the signs that I see the signs that 
things are there. They just need to get everything clicking, get more clinical in front of goal, cut out the silly mistakes, stop doing the same things over and over again. But also, not afraid to make changes if need be, if things aren't going right. And we talked in the last part, I said, oh, he's going to have a, a points total in mind. And when I said to him, I, I didn't think... I. I don't expect you to give me the points total they expect to have over the next eight games. And then he went on to say, yeah, he's looking for nine from these next three. So he's, he's got a points total. He, he ultimately wants them to be better off at the end of eight games than they were last year, which they will be, you would have to think, because that was just five points from the, the end of those eight games. But he he's hoping for nine from these next three games, and he isn't wrong. They are the potential's there. Well, the thing is, as a as a person on the team, right? Whether it's a manager, coach, or player, you're expecting nine points. Like you're expecting three points every time you play. If you're not expecting it, you shouldn't be playing the sport. We're the ones that should be saying, "Oh, maybe you get six out of these or seven out of these." But they should be expecting nine. If I hear them saying, "Oh, we should get seven out of nine, I'd, I, I'd question whether they should be the manager of the team or not, or the coach or the player. That's fair. That's a fair point, Steve. Yeah. So we talked there about recruitment off the pitch. And the, I mean, he's, he's not going to say no to bringing people in. And he's talked that there has been a number of inquiries for players on, the, on his team. So that shows that they're doing well. But obviously, you don't want to let the players go that's making things tick just now either which is probably the players that's going to be standing out. I can imagine there's a lot of teams looking at Andres Kubis, for example, and going, oh, we'd like him. Please do not let him go. (laughs) But when it comes to recruitment, is the direction going to change with the departure of Nikos Overhill? And seemingly not. And his departure was announced on Friday afternoon. It was that good old-fashioned late Friday night news dump Mutually agreed to part ways, and despite what some people might want to think of it, it has been mutual. Axel said there, it's been on the cards for a while, and from what he's told me there, it does sound like Nikos just wants a, a, a new challenge. He's been in the job. He, he, I mean, he, he comes from a stats bomb background. Joined the Whitecaps as scouting consultant in October 2020, then got the director of recruitment position four months later. So he's had the job for just over two years. And I think he feels that he just wants a new challenge now. And that that is fair. They're sad to see him go. Axel's praising what he's done. Um, I, I'd heard about six weeks ago, a, an agent had got in touch with me saying, oh, is Nickers Overheel still at the club? I was like, yeah, as far as I know, yeah. Uh, and he said, oh, because someone's mentioned that he's he's moved on or he's going to be moving on and I'm just trying to get hold of him. So it's obviously something that they've been thinking about for for a while. How do you think his time here will be viewed, Zach? He's overseen the likes of Kubis and Gold coming in. The whole recruitment department's been set up, finally, in the way that a proper club should be run. They've got a great scouting network. They've got MLS deals done now that never seem to get done before. I have to think they're going to look back at this time as favourable. I think it's a, I think it's a mixed bag. I think some of the moves that he made... Well, first off, yeah, you're right. They, they, he helped in laying some some parts of the foundation, so you know that's obviously uh, very positive. But in some of the moves that he, he 
let's say we assume he had had in suggesting or making or saying would fit or work or whatever. It's kind of a mixed bag, right? Yeah, like you, obviously you have a, a um a Kubus and uh Gressel and Gold was before him, right? No, he's just okay. Gold. Okay, so Gold, whatever. Like, so he, 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 there's some been some good hits, but there's also been some significant misses, and so I think it's a mixed bag. I, I think the other thing is which is really really important is um, during his time they they won their their second Voyagers Cup, and so I think that's true. All, all, all that you never be able to take away from him, and whether you think he had more hits than misses or whatever, he'll be always be able to say, "I helped them achieve that." Yeah, and I I agree that you know there are some, hit, but every team has hits and misses. Not everybody can bat a thousand. Um, but the thing you're looking at is that, like you said, Michael, he kind of revamped and put in. Well, I don't know how much he had to, do, but he was part of revamping the scouting system, where now somebody can pop in and they can have like new pop in it, and they won't have to start from scratch because that's essentially what he was at or they were at when after Robo left. Uh, they were essentially starting from scratch, and you she saw that those growing pains during the MDS era because you didn't have like they were trying to do that, but they didn't have the proper network at that time. It seemed like so they were kind of just bringing in scraps here and there. Now with gold and like you said, even even if you're not a big fan of the Cordova signing or or, or, or oh no, who's the striker? I'm yeah, Cordova. But even if you're not a big fan of that signing, it's it's still like they they identified a player. They brought him in, and hopefully he works out. But if he doesn't, then you know that's one of the misses. But they got somebody in who had MLS experience who can play the role. My biggest thing is that they brought in players, but again, I'm gonna I'm gonna seem like I'm harping on Vanny again. They don't seem to fit the system that the mm. coach wants to play. Yeah. And that's my biggest issue. Um, yeah, I, I touched I on that have... with Axel, and he, he didn't really answer that. But it does feel like that. It's like surely either you change the system for the player, especially if he's a DP, or you yeah. bring the guys in that can definitely play that system. Like, it's, like it seems like sometimes they were more interested in bringing in players that were like, like that could be resold, but without realizing what position they were going to play in the system and whether they're going to fit or not. So that's my biggest issue. And hopefully they're able to resolve that. Um, like, you, like you said, uh, the next person is going to have to, they're going to have to really figure out what the m- movement is going forward, mm-hmm. whether this is Vanny's going to be here for a while or they're going to, you know, continue on because then they have to figure out who's coming in and who's going out. And like I said, one of the other good things is they finally start to get these MLS deals over the line as yeah. well and bring in some quality players. And one of those guys, and of course his contract is up for renewal because he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season, is Julian Gressel. He's had a fantastic start to the season. Four assists in all competitions for the team so far. Playing some great stuff as well. Annoying Adrian Heath. All fantastic stuff. But the most important question for Julian is, what's his favourite jam? What's your favourite jam? Traffic jam. What's wrong with raspberry? What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? So if you're having like a crumpet or a muffin or some toast and and you want to have some jam on it, what's your favourite jam? My favourite jam? Probably strawberry. Excellent. 
What's your favourite jam? Julian Gressel there, talking all things jam, wrapping up our German segment for this show. We've got one more part to come and we're going to be talking lower league. I won't say minor league because it might annoy Zach. Soccer in Canada next as we'll talk. Whitecaps 2, Canadian Premier League, Vancouver FC and maybe the national team as well. We'll see what time we've got. We'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it may or may not be the last song from our Artist of the Month for March here at AFTN. Depends if I bring out a show later in the week. But if it is the last song from them, it's a great way to go out. It's their debut single from 1999, Luxembourg band Skin Flicks. That's their single, Punk Rock. And the lyrics in that, punk rock, punk rock, that's what it's about. And that's really what the podcast's about. We play punk music and other music that you don't like. We talk about football. We have some fun along the way. That's been our MO for 10 years, and it's going to be our MO for the next 10 years. That, that, could, be the title of, that could be the title of the podcast, too. That's what it's all about, or that's what it's about. Sounds like we're going to do the the hokey-cokey, as I say, and the hokey-pokey that you say over here. Another thing that we've loved doing in the podcast and on the site is we've been big champions of grassroots soccer and lower league soccer throughout Canada and the lower mainland and everything. I love doing my coverage of VMSL, the, the Provincial Cups. You can check out our YouTube channel for the latest matches on that. The Whitecaps team I've always loved covering the most is Whitecaps 2, they're back at it without the rebrand. Looks like that might now be coming next year if there indeed is going to be that rebrand. I don't see why they need to. Whitecaps 2, for me, does what it says on the tin. I, I just think that makes sense. But, I mean, there's been some movement with Whitecaps 2 in terms of a, a new head coach taking over, Ricardo Clark. We're going to sit down for a chat with him on the, the next podcast, either at the end of this week or next weekend. Took over from Nick Dazovich as the head coach of WFC2. Helps him get his, his coaching badges. Helps him with that. And he has to be in charge of a team 
to, to finish getting his UEFA A and Pro and, and stuff like that. Got off to a winning start on Sunday night at Swan Guard, a 2-1 win over Timbers 2 in a Cascadian derby. Could have been more. Great performance from a number of players. All the goals came in the second half of this one. Cameron Habibula with a cracking free kick in the 47th minute. Great to see him on the score sheet. Good confidence booster. You saw what it meant to him as well. Max Anker lobbed from 35 yards in the mm-hmm. 55th minute. Not great stuff there, but happens to all keepers at some point. Just helps you be aware. He's a young keeper. Had a couple of really good saves after that. But Whitecats were dominant. Two minutes after that, they got the go-ahead goal that they never gave up from Antoine Coupland. And he's a player we're going to sit down and have a chat as well because he's a very interesting addition for Whitecaps too. We'll talk mm-hmm. more about him when we do speak to him. That was it. I was impressed with a, a number of performances in this. Coupland, Johnston, Bah, they were all good. Exciting team put together for this season. I'm excited to see what they do. And a face that we all know returning to the side, guys. Gloria Amanda, Mac Herman Trophy winner. Had a two-year stint over in the Austrian Bundesliga, massively disrupted by injuries, the second of which saw him out for, I think, about 270 days or or so. He's come back to Vancouver Whitecaps. I got a chance to speak to him after the game on Sunday night. Here's a chat with Gloria Amanda. So, Gloria, it's great to see you in white cap colours again. It's been six years since you were with WFC2. What, what was it like being back out on the, the pitches of white cap? Oh, it's been amazing. You know, it's, uh, it's great to be back, back in the programme, back in the organisation. You know, it's, it's been, a, it's been a, I say, a wonderful six years away, but I'm glad to be back and uh, I'm glad to get, to get working again. First game of the season, 2-1 win. It's, it's a great start for us and for everybody here. Now... I want to just go back a little bit. Last time I spoke to you, you were about to go off to college. Mm-hmm. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> so you've had a great time there. Mac Herman, trophy winner. What was that like for you? There's not many Canadians won it. But it's like, does it still seem fresh? Or does it seem a long time ago now to you? Uh, it seems, it feels like a while ago. It is a while ago now, almost two years, you know. But it was a, it was wonderful. Wonderful to win it, wonderful to be... You know, to to ask a lot of myself and then to prove to prove that of myself. So it was a for me. It was a wonderful moment for me and my family. You know, it was, it was beautiful. It's everything that I think I I wanted to do in my college career. So, yeah, it was a beautiful ending. So when you came out of college, everyone knew that you you're going to have lots of options. So you ended up going down to Europe. I'm sure you had offers in the CPL. I'm sure the Whitecaps would have liked you back. But what, what took you to, to Europe at, at that point? Is it just that it had always been the dream of years to go? It's always been, yeah. I think it's always been my, one of my goals to play, play in Europe. Um, when the opportunity came, it was, it was dof- difficult to say no. Yeah. And then for it being out in our first division in Europe, it was, for me, I spoke to my family. You know, I spoke to my brothers and my, my dad. Because everybody was telling me it's a rush, you know, I'm rushing them, rushing everything. But I believed in myself. I thought I could, I could do it. And I went over there, and I think, I think I did well. And I think I proved myself. But I think injuries and injuries kind of de- delayed, delayed my progress. So, I mean, how hard was it 
going over there, yeah, you're going to a country, did you speak any German before you went there? No, no. nothing at all. Yeah. See, I did that at school. And then even when I went to Austria, they were like, oh, no, this, we speak a different German here. And it was, like, confusing. But to go there to foreign country and during, just still during COVID, really, and things are still getting locked down, what was that like? It was a weird experience because it's like, it was weird because this was when the COVID was still a major, mm. a big thing. But, you know, they, they, they did everything to make sure I, would, I was comfortable when I got there and... Yeah, I just gotta say thanks to them for for, their, for everything they did for me. You know, um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was weird. I think it's the best word for it. Yeah, it I, I was just thinking that when I was thinking of the chat to you, I was like, yeah. you went there, but things would still be locked down, so you yeah. couldn't even go I couldn't and even. explore. And oh, I would go to training, go to the hotel. Cause I was I was in the hotel for the first two three months. Go to training, go to the hotel. You know, like go wear your mask in the language. Barely spoke it, like zero German. You yeah. know, but. It's nothing new. I mean, my parents were immigrants. We came to Canada. I didn't speak English as well, so some that you learn yeah. you know, along the way. It's a good, it's a good learning experience, and yeah. like you've had that now. Has that given you a taste of going back over there? I know you had the injuries, and that's kind of set you back. Has this kind of been a case of you want to come home, get yourself fit, show people what you, what you can do again? Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I want to do. You know, I want to come here, show everybody that I can play, I can fit, that injuries didn't, didn't stop me. Obviously, I'm still working hard, and it's a good some 75 minutes today. And I, I go shifting. There's a lot, obviously, a lot to improve on. And I hope to start banging in more goals as usual. And yeah, I get to flying again. I would love to go back. You know, go yeah. back overseas. That's that's my goal. That's my dream to go back over there and play over there. So when you ended up leaving Austria, I, I'm sure you had a lot of options, and I'm sure CPL teams were after <laughs> you and various things like that. What, what made you come back then to the Whitecaps? Um, yeah, there was a lot of options for me. I wanted an environment that would, that would get the best out of me in the period that I'm in at right now. And I thought coming back here in Vancouver, being around this environment was the best situation for me. Yeah, I could have went to other, other places as well, I'm sure. But I thought coming back to Vancouver, being here, being around boys, young boys that are hungry and, yeah. you know, push me. And I pushed them as well, so that's the environment I wanted to be in and, and, and get my, my ground running again. The team now seems very different to when it was when you, when you had that season in 2017. Now you, you've got the guys pushing each other. Last year you saw like Simon Betcher's now got that first team contract with how he played in this team. You don't have to share too much if you don't want to, but what's the conversations been like with Vanny? Has he said, look, we want to just see what you do here just to, to show? We've seen guys getting call-ups... This new thing that MLS can do, you can get called up now for four times over the season. Mm. Was that all in the back of your mind, is that this was the good reason for coming back here? I can't, I can't share those conversations, obviously, but um, for me, it's, it's my, for me personally, all I can do, all I can control anyways is what I do on the pitch, how I prepare for the games, and for me, that's all i got to focus on. I'm sure if he needs me and he sees uh, what I do on the field and he values it, I'm sure he will... He will take notice and, and he will call me up. I would love to, to get called up. That would be amazing. Yeah, but, I'd um, love to see you there as well. Uh, my, focus, my focus is here with this group. Uh, with this group of young boys who are very talented and I want to do my best to help, to help them and uh, hopefully they can also do the best to, to help me as well. Cool. Fantastic. Delighted to see you back in Vancouver. Good luck.
Gloria Amanda there, just talking about coming back to the Whitecaps, touching on his time over there in Austria. It was tough for him. He went over there during COVID, so couldn't even fully experience Austria. Had two injuries there, one of them a really long-term one. And, I mean, he's come back here to show what he can do, to get fit, to show the player that he is. I'm delighted that he's come back to, to the Whitecaps. There's going to have been CPL interest. If Vancouver FC were not all over trying to bring him here, I'd have been stunned. But he's a Whitecaps guy. He knows the organisation. You've got that lure of the call-ups to the first team that the Whitecaps do do so well. And I think that has been something that's kind of played in his mind. It does raise the question, we've touched on it before, MLS Next Pro it kind of seems to be the league of choice for some guys now over the Canadian Premier League. And I think part of it is financial, mm-hmm. undoubtedly financial. Part yeah. of it, though, is that pathway where they're in that MLS system and they can get these call-ups, even if it's just for cup games or to be on the bench for, for shortage for injuries. I mean, you're a big CPL guy, Zach. Do you have any concerns, and I know we've touched on it before, that this might be the way that more and more Canadian players want to go as opposed to the CPL? Uh, I'm not overly concerned at the moment. I think it's just a part of the reality of where things are at. And I think as the Canadian Premier League continues to grow, uh, hopefully their, the salary budget uh, increases with that and uh, becomes even more of a landing spot for people. I mean, you could say, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, there obviously are there are pros and cons both ways. But I think ultimately, probably WC two could probably offer him more money, like you said, than what he could get um, uh, elsewhere. And like you said, the opportunities to play in the first team are probably alluring to him, and he probably thinks he's good enough to to achieve that. So, um, yeah, he would have looked good, I think, in a CPL uh, CPL side, and I think could have um, maybe even perf- performed better or got uh, you know developed better in in that setting but i think he has the chance to do similar similar things under uh ricardo clark so it'll be interesting to see for for him as an individual long long term i think uh yeah i think as the cpl continues to grow i think it'll continue to entice uh young canadians to to choose to choose it Uh, i i mean it's interesting i mean you saw like a player like mankier james come back right and and forge you know, and he's obviously at the other end of his career. See, I think the older ones will come back to CPL. It's the younger ones, though. I think they yeah. might feel there's just more opportunities for them. I mean, Axel touched on the fact that they've had lots of inquiries from overseas for players that want to come and play MLS Next Pro as a chance to kind of show themselves to the MLS teams. But the Whitecaps' MO for this team is to go down the Canadian route, Steve. And there was yeah. 10 Canadian starters yesterday. And I, it's a great proving ground. I, I wonder, like, for the guys that want to go and play in Europe, like, Glory wants to go back and play in Europe. He's had that taste now. And I think a lot yeah. of guys, that's their dream. It's what John Herdman wants for for guys. I do wonder whether MLS Next Pro will be looked at more favourably than even Canadian Premier League to people overseas just because it's got MLS in the title. It probably does, but I, I don't see... I, I don't see it as being a huge issue because I feel like... You just with like if you have Canadian players here, you're getting you're developing a bigger pool of Canadian players, and maybe you're getting ones that 
like you're getting maybe late bloomers in CPL, young late bloomers that can actually develop. They have more time to develop. So I think you're just developing a bigger pool. Yeah, you might not have the names in the CPL, but if you think of it for the, you know, the most people, if he Gloria Manda had signed, how many people would know that he was, unless it was, adver- obviously the team would advertise this, but the, a, lot of, a lot of people would know, oh, this is guys, they're looking for plays on the field. And I think a lot of people mm. can accomplish that without the name. So I think it's good that, you're having, you know, 10 Canadian players on WFC2, and then you're going to have Canadian players on in the CPL and stuff like that. I think it's a it's a bonus either way. It's just a matter of that right now it's stretching really thin for Canadian players, but I think more and more get added as the years go on. And I think, you know, the WFC2 players this year, maybe a couple of them go back to CPL next year because they see that they maybe don't have a pathway up to MLS. So they want to play some more minutes or something like that. So I think you're always going to have like a movement going back and forth between CPL and MLS pro. Yeah. It's not bad to have multiple pathways, you know, to development, right, Michael? And so, Oh no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not knocking either. It's just, I I was just genuinely wondering what your thoughts were on it. I mean, what, what I really like about what they've got with WFC two this year is there's a lot of, talent that you know and glory touched on it that they're going to push each other yeah because you also know you've got to be better than this guy if you want to get that call up to the to the mls team i mean we we had it last season easton on garrow and simon betcher betcher proved himself for the whole season and garrow did well when he came in and i think the white cats from what i've read seem to have said to on look we'd like you to to stay in next pro for 2023 and we'll take a look at you over the, the start of the season but he wanted that mls deal so because it wasn't forthcoming he's gone back to the cpl yeah and he's got i mean he's looking very good for pacific fc in pre-season it could be that striker that they were badly missing last year so i mean you've got mm. that aspect if we move on to the, the CPL now in Vancouver FC, they had their latest friendly at the weekend, a 1-0 win in Richmond over FC Tigers, a Sandoval penalty, the difference maker there. I've heard it's a fantastic crowd between twelve and 1,500 uh, from Tom, our photographer, Tom Iwasek, that was uh, at the game. I couldn't make it out in the end. Um, and I know, Zach, something cropped up for you. You weren't able to make it out, but it looked a great turnout well done uh, fc tigers and fusion for putting that event on and it's great to see the team moving into all these communities we've had a game in surrey we've had a game in langley we've had this game in richmond they've got a couple more games coming up they're going to be playing tss they're going to be playing altitude fc and i think the altitude game might actually be in north van as well so to take it to that community so i I like what they're doing with that and tied in with that is their new home kit which I just want to get your your thoughts on these new kits. Now, when they were launched on Saturday night, I tweeted out, oh, I'm a bit underwhelmed by these. I, I'm not a fan of either of the two kits. I have to say, I am very much in the minority here. The vast majority of people that replied love it. They love these kits. They particularly like the black home kit, which if anyone hasn't seen it or you're listening from afar, it's got the 52, 53 municipalities in the lower mainland written throughout the kit. I don't like that for two reasons. One, you can't see it unless you're up close. So you could say, oh, it's a nice little nod and touch. But to me, it's a pointless feature on the kit. But I also feel it's 
it's almost smacks like you're trying too hard to say, oh, we're a club for the whole um, lower mainland. That's why we're called Vancouver FC. The away kit is black and red stripes. Hoops, I should say, not stripes. Um, I'm not a big fan of hooped kits. That's just why I don't like that. Well, but the, the colour scheme kind of pops. For me, the the, the hoop kit, uh, me being of a certain size, um, I'm not a big fan of stripes going that way. I like <laughs> stripes going up and down uh, more than that. Uh, so, But overall, I, don't, yeah, I agree with you. The colours kind of pop. Um, the black one... Um, it's you know it's it's you get you get away with black one pretty easy because it's like a you know it's you know it's a very safe color to go with and um I, in a way i don't mind the the lettering but it would have been nice if they could have created some kind of design where they maybe put some coloring in the letters so to make it look like a design in top of the the names being on there I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. What I'm trying to say. Well, they're they're sort of like they're embroidered, but not embroidered, right? Like it's, it's yeah. It's, but if they if if they adjusted some of the colors to make like a oh yeah, you know oh yeah, a, a pattern in there, that would have been really good because then it would have had the uh, the names on on the team of the, the municipalities, like you said, and and also had a a different type of design there as well. I I don't get what they've said, Dozak, for the the hooped kit. Where it's a it pays tribute to the people who have worked hard to elevate the game from coast to coast. How does black and red hoops on a kit fit that? Yeah, so I haven't read any of the press release stuff. I think they always wanted red, or not always. Uh, for quite a while, they've wanted red to be involved to mm. represent the. I know. The, I know the their original color scheme. They kind of wanted definitely black. Yeah, with maybe some red or maybe some kind of gold factored in, which I would have loved as an East Fife fan, black and gold. But mm-hmm. maybe um, that's just so why. Maybe, I'm maybe the hoops, maybe the hoops are all the people jumping through hoops to get oh, elevated soccer. Oh, because you have to jump through hoops to get on yeah, in you have to jump soccer because of all the self interest. Yes. There we go, oh, yeah. nailed it. There you go. Well done, Steve. But no, I, I, uh, I mean, there's a few, few stories. Maybe I can tell another time. But I think the my first thoughts are the the black one. I don't know if I like it or not yet. Like, uh, I don't. I, my, I do I, prefer their black training kit they've been playing in. I really like. That. Yeah, I think I think that's been a been a nice top. But um, I I I I'm fine with the the names, and you see all kind like lots of even in MLS. There's been a bunch of teams that have had like all the names of their supporters in, embroidered in their kit, sort of thing or whatever. When you look up close, yeah. it's, not, it's not meant to be able to see. No, I know. Like I, I've got oh, a Margate uh, third kit that's sponsored by the Libertines in my band collection that my name's on it because I paid money to get my name on the strip. You, right. can't, you can't find it. Really? I can't find it. It's, it's there. I think it's, they actually put one of, I think they put the Libertines logo over my name. Oh, that's too bad. Um, but I don't know actually if I like, like it, like the look of it yet. I, I got to see it in person, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was in Richmond, but I had to leave Richmond on, on Saturday, so I didn't get to actually see it up close. Um, I mean, I, I, I am in the minority, so, as I say. It's gone down very well, and what I think doesn't matter a shit. It's like the, I, the fans I, of the club that's going to be buying it seem to love it. I like the black so, and red. I, I just, I'm worried that, you know, I'm someone who sweats a lot, that the white collar is not going to stay white. But it's very, yeah. it's very, it's, I know you talk about rugby, but it's a very classic, it's like a flamingo styled kid. Well, it's like, like a, yeah, flamingo, yeah. 
Yeah. So on on the on the CPL website, it says, uh, "Okay, pays tribute to the people who have worked hard to elevate the game from coast to coast, giving a nod to the country with a subtle maple leaf printed on the back of the neck." Uh, oh, okay. So I don't I don't know that I, I like my my description better personally. So a, any kit that's got a maple leaf on it is a nod to the people that's worked hard for the game in Canada. No, they're I, saying I like their, their kit. Their kit is. <laughs> I see, I see a maple leaf and I think, ooh, maple candy. I could go one of those just now. <laughs> but that's just me. But yeah, it's gone down well. That is all that matters. I'm just a grouchy old bastard. I've got the t-shirt that says I'm a bitter and twisted old-fashioned football fan. I very much fit into that. Not as grouchy and miserable looking as my wife, Caitlin, over to my right just now, who looks really miserable sitting at the bottom of the stair wanting me to wrap up this podcast so that she can make dinner. So let's quickly get on to Canada. We'll just rattle through Canada. 2-0 win over Curaçao at the weekend. Jonathan Davis scored in the 23rd minute, taking his tally of goals to 23 for Canada. So it's apt that he did that in the 23rd minute. But 20 minutes later, Kyle Lahren, 43rd minute, made it 2-0. And that goal for Kyle Lahren was his 26th for Canada, making him tied with John Catliffe as the all-time leading scorer for Canada. So well done there to Kyle Larn in the form of his life just now at, at club and country level. And just to stress about those record numbers as well, that is all matches and competitions, including Olympic Games. So oh, be okay. friendlies and stuff as well. So that, I know because we've had a chat before that the, the numbers are, are a little bit different, but that's including everything. Okay. Curacao had gone down to 10 men when Gary was sent off in the 37th minute. Disappointing, though, not to see them add more in what was a very poor second half. Just seven shots for Canada in the entire match, four of them on target. Curacao just had two, one on target. I was a bit disappointed by this. Zach, were you disappointed by that overall performance? Yeah, so I didn't didn't watch the game live, um, but I watched the game in its entirety because uh, I, whatever, PVR'd it on, on Fubo TV. And... Uh, yeah, no, I, going into the game, I thought, okay, this is not going to be another 4-0 game. Like when we saw, was it a BC place? I think it was uh, against Curacao. Um, but uh, it wasn't going to be that way because I think Curacao is, has some really good young players who've obviously uh, come through Dutch football. But the other thing is their the pitch was awful. Like Canada could not play on that pitch because they could hardly spring three or four passes together yeah because the pitch was not great it was an artificial surface but it was it was not good and uh, i was in one sense i was disappointed yes that going up a man that they didn't score more goals and didn't score any in the second half at all and missed some uh significant chances but but all in all i think the key thing is they got through the match with a victory They've set it up now, so they beat Honduras on on the the twenty eighth, uh, the the day that this comes out. Uh, they, they beat Honduras, and the U.S. wins their game. My understanding is that the U.S. will play Mexico in one semifinal, and Canada will avoid those two in the other semifinal. Hopefully, making their path to the final for the Concacaf Nations League more uh, simple, yeah. and maybe something we should, all should get on a plane and fly down to Las Vegas and support. Oh, I'm I'm all for that. Depending on League One BC commentary. I see if there's any clashes. But I mean, the other good thing, Steve, and I know you'll be so excited about this because you love the Gold Cup. Canada's clinched their berth in this year's Gold Cup. 
I just can't be arsed with it this year. I don't know. I just it's not exciting me at all. Yeah, because they do play it every. It seems like they played every two years or a year or something like that. Well, we, I'm just all focused now in Copa. We have an opportunity to do a double in the summer, man. Like it's huge. I think they need to keep the ball rolling. They need to keep the dominance of Concacaf well, going. For for it's Canada, important. as long as as long as they're you know top players are playing, I, this is maybe the only time they get to play because uh, who knows how many you know friendlies they're going to have against top competition. Mm-hmm. So they need to get as many. Competitive games in it yeah. as possible, so I do agree with that. Uh, for me, Curacao, I think it was more of a professional performance. They just wanted to get a couple goals up, and they just needed to. They probably didn't want to press too much because they need to get uh, rested for that game against Honduras because that's probably the biggest one. Well, the, the other thing was that red card was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know if you guys remember this, but what happened was what what initially happened was Vitoria makes a foul. One of the multiple times he got beat for pace. He pulls he pulls the player down, whatever. The referee comes over and has a long talk with him. Curacao players around him, like, you're gonna give him a yell, right? You're gonna give him a yellow. The ref gives him the, you know, waves his hands across, like, no more, last opportunity. They're setting up for the free kick. And Larea and the Curacao player who got sent off are kind of jostling in the box. The referee walks up to them, no warning, gives them both yellow cards. It was like the first yellow card was an absolute joke. Like and then the 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 second yellow card was totally yellow card. He he pulled the guy down, whatever. But it was like it was it was not great. I mean, it was Concacaf refereeing. Yeah. It was it was not great. It kind of it ruined it ruined the game. Uh, even though Canada didn't take advantage of it, it or fully take advantage of it, it ruined the game and was you know made it all a bit bit unfortunate. But again, all, the the most important thing is the results. Uh, I don't think there was any injuries that I can recall, no. and we're no. we're we're moving forward in a good way. And now it's win against Honduras. At home, uh, to to EFT and travel, yeah, we'll get everything done. Scotland beat Cyprus 3 now. I'll just make mention of that. Kazakhstan, the win of the weekend, beating Denmark 3 2. I don't know if you guys have seen the highlights of this. Three goals for Kazakhstan in the last 17 minutes, two in the last four to come back and win 3 2 from being 2 0 behind. Amazing scenes. Borat was going crazy. I didn't see Borat in the crowd. Anyway, that is it. You'll be glad to know after this three-hour marathon for this 10th anniversary show. No, of course it's not. We've still got this episode's wavelength to come. And that's another section that has been a staple of our show. First introduced as a regular segment back in 2017 when we made the switch to CITR. We've been playing football songs every week since then. One of the staples in the early days of it was Welsh band Goldie Luke and Chain. I'm going to play their only football song of theirs I haven't played, since it's also Football Violence Awareness Month, everybody. Everyone loves this month. What a special month this has been. So this is their unofficial World Cup anthem from 2002, the Japan and Korea World Cup. Now, some of the lyrics may cause offence if you're easily offended just fast forward through the song to, to get to the end or just turn the podcast off now but this is Goldie Luke and Chain it's Mike Ball's school of soccer violence His name's Mike Balls he's safe you see just like you and me GLC. He's been into soccer violence for quite some time, but give him the draw. 
and he's fine. I said, Mike, yeah. where'd you get your leisure wear? I got my tracks and from a shop in Aberdeen. I wears my gold outside of my shirt and I borrow my sovereign off my uncle bird. Yeah, Mike, you knows it. Where'd you get your trainers from? I won them off a bloke that I smoked off on a bar. Yeah, I think I know the geezer. I think he's called Puzzle. I had to have him, they were silver shadow. The name's Ballsy. Come on, Japan and Korea. I'm going to the World Cup to drink some beer. Cause some destruction while I'm here. And fuck some Thai girls up the rear. I got tickets for the game with the Argies. It's gonna be some Argy Bargy. I've been in the fighting for all of my life. His name's Mike Balls and he's got a machete He'll cut you into bits till you look like confetti Soccer violence is a game what he plays When he buys a drawer, this is an what pays I'm back and I'm ringing my bell You better not stare cause I'll stare as well And if you get a fucking stare off me Then you better be a member of the GLC Cause if you're not then you better sit tight I'll come over to you and I'll start a fight I tell you that my name is fucking Mike Balls I kick your head against at least four walls He's safe and he's got respect for the GRC crew to some effect But mess with him, you live your face in a mess His name's Mike Balls, expect no less Listen Mike, what? Tell me about your chain It weighs a turn, the one go rusty in the ring Mike Balls, yeah, what have you got? I got draw fags and Rizzler and a dose of cock rot Me's eating two hats for selling some hash This twat had come after our fucking stash So I hit him in the face with a fucking pint glass And shoved a red hot poker up his ass If Mike don't like you then you'll hear the silence. It's a Mike Ball school of fucking soccer violence. Mike, how do you organise a fight? I does it by the email in the middle of the night. It's Mike Ball. Oh yeah. And he's safe as fuck. Banned from the terraces since the FA Cup. I took a bird out for dinner the other night. Things went wicked, I got into a fight With three fucking blokes that were looking at her ass So I rearranged her faces with a fucking brandy glass Got escorted out by the fucking police My bird sucked them off to help with my release I said you better get tested, she'll give you the clap I'm in the GLC and this is how I rap He's back, Yeah. listen to what he's saying I always start a fight no matter who's playing That's right, I'm back And he loves to fight I'll kick you in your head till you lose your fucking sight He's got a tracksuit and he wears the gold I'm the hardest man in soccer violence so I'm told You have to watch the match on a big screen And at half time I talk on some green When I'm not on medication I drive across the nation Organising violence to keep up my reputation You knows it, this is my boy this is the year 2002 Smacking everybody's face in for the World Cup You knows it Yeah, that's right Goldie looking chain there from 2002 That is it now for this bumper episode Our special 10th anniversary episode of the podcast So let's wrap up guys Any final thoughts, Steve? Anything you just want to say to end this momentous episode? Obviously, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. The one thing I learned today, and I think you kind of, it's almost like a subtle like kind of hint that you're doing out there. I don't know if it is or not, but the Vanny segment, uh, you know, take me out, Vanny take me out. It's kind of like if you take the middle two words out of it. Uh, I don't know if that's what you're trying to imply. Of course not. I, I, I want Vanny to succeed. I really like Vanny. It's, I, I just think he just needs to be quicker to react to his changes and maybe not be so stubborn with some of his things zach any final thoughts from you uh you can find me on twitter at zachary i'm occasionally tweeting there 
Uh, yeah, thanks for the 10 years of the good. Uh, I assume we're getting canceled after that goldie looking chain song. Um, but, but, uh, and I haven't even heard it. I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming. <laughs> no, I just want to give a shout out to, uh, David Norman, the sixth, uh, on oh, yes. his, uh, his, uh, signing with North Northampton town, uh, becoming, cobblers. A, becoming a cobbler and getting his first minutes. Uh, yeah. Shout out to David. Obviously would have loved to have seen him uh back in the cpl but uh unfortunately that didn't work out and this is the next chapter of his career and hope him all the all the best uh for what's uh, for this chapter and for what's next absolutely i am michael mccall thank you for listening to us in this episode thank you for listening to us for the last 10 years thank you also for all the wonderful kind messages of support and it's nice to know that we do bring you some joy for being a miserable bastard that I am at times and grumpy as fuck on a number of occasions. We love doing this. We love bringing you these shows. We love covering all aspects of football in Vancouver, in the Lower Mainland, across Canada. also want to say thank you to the Whitecaps who have been wonderful dealing with us over these years. Whenever we want to get an interview... They sort stuff out for us. Whenever we want to do one of our stupid segments with the players, they, they're happy to oblige. I know they get a lot of criticism from people online, but they have been really good with us over the years, and I really appreciate everything that Nathan and the, the people have done there. Will we have another 10 years? I don't know that I've got that in me, but we hope to get to episode 1,000 of nothing else. We might have another episode out this week. If not, we'll be back next weekend with the next one. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. Happy anniversary. And mourn the caps. And everything else in local football. Bye, everybody. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.